Welcome to Beerfield. Welcome to Beerfield Fantasy Football. I'm your host at Hot BFF. Screw it. I should just change my Twitter handle back. Beerfield Hop. Probably should at some point. Yeah, well. Beerfield Hop with two Ps, as always, joined by Beerfield Thurry. Intro music brought to you by a YouTube search for non copyrighted generic intro music. So. I don't know. I wanted something random. Something random. Well, we do like random, so. Is this working? Is this thing on? Okay, yeah, this thing is on. Welcome to the show. Um, week seven is past us. I hand wrote a bunch of things that I went, meant to research to talk about and then didn't research them to talk about, so we're still going to talk about them. We're just going to research it as we go, not unlike we do most other shows. Um, not at all. We we are totally always prepared. Yeah, we got a week Notes, eight. We got a week. Else. Yeah, we got a week eight preview. Some injury news to get into. Tell you who's on by. Um, you know, you know the drill by now. We're in that part of the season where it's kind of the dog days. You're not in championship zone yet, but we are. What would would have been nearly halfway over. Now we're still two weeks from the halfway point. Right, motherfuckers. Well, week seven, yeah. I guess because week, week eight yeah, takes so you. Next week would still be. That's right. Next week, yeah. it's actually the half week in the middle. Uh, programming note, week. by the way, for next week and the week after, or for this week and the week after. I know we said last week there wouldn't be a Sunday live stream. You should like and subscribe on YouTube and hit the notification icon because there actually was a Sunday live stream because plans changed. This week, because plans changed last week, there probably won't be a Sunday live stream. And the following week, there also probably won't be a Sunday live stream. But that's for a happier reason. I'll be in Jacksonville, Florida, Yay. watching the Jaguars play the Bills. Watching its second favorite team, and it is its t- favorite daddy, Josh Allen. Bills are they're up there. They're up there. They're well, they're not as high as Jacksonville. No. But I, I needed a way to describe the situation of, you know, this is your second favorite team and Josh Allen. And, and Josh Allen. No, that's literally what it came down daddy. to. As I'm yeah. going to Jacksonville, and when we were picking the weekend, I was looking at the Jaguars' home schedule and pinpointed the Bills game. That would be good. See Mr. Lawrence yep. in midseason form. And I'll be at the tailgate, so I guess Paul Lesney runs this. So that'll be pretty cool. There you go. Um. Yeah. Oh, I didn't ask. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you today? I got a. I tried to get my car fixed because you know my vehicle is kind of important to my life. Is it broke? It it needs some it needs some looking into. I've put on I've put on a measly I don't know twenty something thousand miles on it already. So wow. Yeah, the, there's some stuff that needs to be looked at through it. Um, unfortunately, when I had my schedule booked, I get a call back from the auto repair shop tells me that they are very much behind and they come back in the morning and i'm like well that's cool I'll just you know waste a day of you know waste my half day of work but mm-hmm. thankfully with jobs like mine and where you're you know, required to parents, travel it's the company yeah. guy and they're all like you you know you got to do it and i have to use my own personal so yeah like, you know no company car so well should hope, happen so hopefully that's ready to go by 
Friday night. Yeah, hopefully. <laughs> oh, shit. Some some point Friday. Hey, if you need a ride, I'll be through Springfield tomorrow. Oh, see? So there you go. We'll talk. We'll see what we'll see what <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll, we'll see what the auto repair shop tells me tomorrow morning. Uh, I, I, yeah, I'm being serious. I will be through Springfield tomorrow. I'm going to. I'm actually going to Bloomington. <laughs> so are you really? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, there's a I concert go concert in Bloomington, so I'll be there, and then I'll I'll be shooting back through that night. What are you seeing in Bloomington? Uh, cold. Oh, cold. Yeah, they're playing at the castle. I'm uh, I'm assuming a lot of our fan base is old enough to know who the fuck Cold is. So maybe if you're in the we're not those hip those not, hip kids that get all yeah. the young listeners. No, we're not. If you're into nope. '90s and 2000s radio rock, you know Cold. So it'll be cool. It'll be. Um, actually, I really just did that to bring up the fact that I ask you every week how you're doing, and you never ask me. So I just. Just a, it's like always I a think, transition, and there's never a throwback on that one. You know, I feel like you tell us how you're doing, so I, I think that's why. But you didn't today, so how are you doing, buddy? Man, I'm doing good. Work has is, is slowed down a bit before I had another another long weekend. I got off on time today, went through some disc golf. Lindsay put Kai, in the, uh, put Kai in the carrier and walked nine holes with me. So Aww. Uh, we played the... I played the uh, back nine at Clinton Hills. Nice. Very nice. The 18th hole, I think they moved the tee pad. Yeah. Because it's turf, so they can do that. And uh, so now there's no, you know how I would take the right route to avoid the uh, the pond? Yeah, the water. Yeah, there's a tree in the way now. <laughs> so you cannot throw. That's always a. There's like one fucking tree in that whole in that one spot too. There's just some yeah, one tree. You cannot throw right now because there's a tree that completely blocks your angle off the tee box. The only way to throw right now oh, that's, that's right. is there's to hyzer something or anhyzer something understable around it, or you do what I did and you try to go through the tree and your Firebird kicks off the tree and barely misses the pond. <laughs> yeah, you'd have to go backhand. Backhand Annie, probably. Backhand Annie. Um, I mean, I guess if you have, you know, a forward flip or a forehand flip or just a forehand shot, I guess. You don't need anything. You know what I should have done? It's not that far. It's it's just a flick, so. No, it's not. But, yeah, it was all right. All right, we got beer. We got beer. We got content. Well, kind of. I have one question, too. Depending on how long. Your written hand notes take. I have, I have a question I wanted to ask too. Well, we'll start with that and see how far we get into my written hand notes. That's fair. Fair enough. What's fueling beer fueled? Screw it. We'll just talk for the first half hour and forty-five minutes and use the note to go off of, and then we'll we'll go from there, right? I mean, that's how we normally do this anyway. So. Uh, it's not like we have a time limit we have to stay under. We just have a time limit we'd like to stay under. <laughs> that we rarely hit. And we rarely do. What are you drinking? Right. I'm drinking distill. Again? Shocking. The normal pills. Oh. We're going basic. I have. Uh, I had an event, the one that was in Peoria a few weeks ago, mm-hmm. that uh, that drink a whole lot of, uh, whole lot of beer. Shocking with it being a wine and you know, food festival. There wasn't. 
I crapped on a beer drink. So I was uh, sent back home with a bunch of Pilsner. I said, I know I have to drink. Thankfully, I A, like Pilsner, B, like our Pilsner, and uh, C, I like beer. So, I mean, I guess, well, it was me, right? So, right. Again, distilled normal Pils, 5.2. Nope, it's five flat. Pilsner. Pilsner. More on that later. <laughs> All right, I'm also keeping it a little basic. I've got Man and Mills uh, number 100 brown ale. So it's oh. just a straight English brown ale checking in at 5%. So pick this up while uh, last. It's actually high for English brown ale. Saturday while I was, was standing in line. So eh, yeah, it's a little towards the high side. Yeah. I think that style wise, you don't want them over five and a half, six ish. So right there. That's my favorite thing to see is. Uh, Mars from Chicago did a Imperial Mild. And I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. This is going to be like 8, 9%. 4.2. I'm like, this is amazing. Like, I got this great Imperial. Oh, that's going to be boozy. Only 4%. Because <laughs> Imperial's based on the beer. Yep. All right. Some news to get into. Uh, we got a couple trades to talk about. First off, Saints Square. Uh, well, let's start with the important one. Dan Thury acquires Josh Love, not Jordan, Josh Love, and <laughs> a second-round pick from me for Taylor Heineke. So, context. This is, <laughs> for those of you that's not in our listener league, this is a 16-team Dynasty League Superflex tight end. Tight end premium. Tight end premium. I don't think it's too tight end. And are there, oh, no, two, or, and are there two or three flex spots in that one, too, I think? Yeah, I think it's based off of our friends, our uh, super flexible super friends. So it's a really Travis's old league. It's very, yeah. very, very deep. Really deep. So I'm obviously I don't think I've won a game in that. No, no, I've like a beat Nick last week. Nick and I were competing for who's going to go winless. Yeah, and uh, I'm obviously not contending. Taylor Heineke obviously doesn't have any value to me long term beyond. At all, because I doubt he'll be in watched. I mean, I doubt he'll be a starter next. He might be next year, maybe. And you are obviously on the opposite end. Well, I'm kind of towards. Yeah, I'm kind of towards the middle. It's a. It is a really deep league, so there's a lot of parity there. So a lot. There's a lot of not a lot of parity there. Sorry. So there's a lot of four and three and three and four teams. Yeah. Jumbled up, but I'm in a playoff spot right now. But also with it being that type of league. Um, quarterbacks are a huge, huge, huge commodity, right? I mean, if everybody only has starters, you're starting the entire NFL. Pretty much. So, you know, I've got, I had a hell of a quarterback room, right? I mean, we had <laughs> Chad right. Kelly, Blake Bortles, Drew Locke, everybody, Gardner Minshew, everybody that started yeah, for like... for the last five years. That's literally like... Our list of your ex-girlfriend slash quarterbacks. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, there is, and Josh Love, which is an internal league joke. If you don't know who Josh Love is, is, go look it up. He was in Rams camp last year, but you don't need to know. <laughs> you don't need to know. Somebody accidentally drafted him, and then I just went ahead and used my fourth round rookie draft pick on him anyway, like my third, fourth round rookie draft pick on him anyway, because <laughs> there's no one left at that point. <laughs> 16. Oh, it's the, uh, but, this is like the true torture from Nick to like, No, what it comes down love. to is I'm one of the few teams that can fill out a lineup of very good starters aside from the quarterback position. 
So I still have another quarterback that I could trade to. Well, I considered Baker. Well, no, I'm keeping Baker. I mean, I have three of them that I'm going to keep, but I have one that's coming off of IR very, very, very soon. Oh, not this week. Tyron Taylor. Yeah. I got available. So right now I've got Garoppolo and I'm running with him and uh, it'll be Taylor Heineke, which is fine when it's that deep of a league and the rest of your roster looks like it's a 12 team league, not a 16 team league, or at least the starters. The bench is crap. But so I just needed a starter. And that's, you know, the insight into this is I know Dan's not competing. He's got a guy like Taylor, Taylor Heineke that's a rental that needs nothing to him. The rest of my roster is good enough in this league to where I don't need a quarterback that is going to go off. I need a quarterback that can have some good weeks and that just is going to start. Yeah. So, ergo, second-round pick, which second-round picks in a 16-team league are low-value lottery tickets. Anything after a first-round pick is. So I didn't want to give up a first-rounder for anybody. Um, not, you know, another offer I had, I think was, it might've been a second for Teddy Bridgewater, but I opted for Heineke cause there's more upside there and a rushing floor. <laughs> it's been, as we're talking about this, I put Jalen Hurts on the block. <laughs> Same league. Yeah. I saw Baker on the block and considered making a run at that, but you know, for me, it's just like. That probably gives me too much stability at quarterback, and I just can't have that in that league. No, you need to keep on brand, which is... Just figure know, it out year to year. Just, yeah. We'll trade, you know, uh, second-round picks for spot starters every year. Yep. Um, Mark Ingram is going back to the Saints. So the Texans traded him to the Saints. Um, what did they get for him? What did they give up for him? Was this, I thought six. it was a six-rounder, right? It was... As I don't think it's been stated. Okay. Probably a low-round At least I'm not in the news. It's got to be probably gotta be a, low a, round late, pick. a late day three. Late day three, probably seventh-round pick. So, I mean, this tells you a couple things. One, the Saints aren't happy with what they have behind Alvin Kamara. Very true. Which we knew that would be the case. They... Um, they want somebody else behind Alvin Kamara to help lighten his workload, especially when the passing game is not there. And for Ingram, this is a good thing because he is going to a team with a better O line, and somehow an upgrade going to the Saints is an upgrade on the offensive side of the ball for him. And Ingram really. The 3.2 yards per carry isn't good. They weren't blocking for him a lot, but he had, we looked at Ingram, or I did, a couple weeks back, and I believe he was actually pretty up there in like yards after contact stats and just, you know, even the fact that he was averaging over three yards a carry was a testament to what, what he was doing with how little he was being blocked for. So, yeah, yards created 22.7 a game. Um, where is it? Juke rate was eighth, evaded tackles was sixth. So you look at that combined with the other thing. I mean, you get him behind the line on a team that at least has a little bit more dynamic to it. This is a guy that still has the talent to string together some efficiency, but he was on a very inefficient team. But when you look at the underlying numbers, 
it especially that juke rate and that evaded tackle and uh you know yards after contact i am i keep gonna let you talk here so i can find that but i know that was higher too this is either if you're the ingram owner or a resurgence but a sell window or you let it go for a bit and build some value because i think this could turn out well for him well it's i mean you saw you see a slight bump saints are fifth in team rushing plays per game i think they're at 31 Mm -hmm. 31.1 31.2 is per player profiler i think there is a they run i think was it like a, like a, almost a true 50-50. They they want to run the football more. It's just it's just how they want to go about their play style. Obviously, it's to protect Winston. It's to protect the passing game. You know, until Sean Payton trusts Winston more with not only with just the playbook but with the office in general, um, they're going to keep it that way. Now we can't expect what what Kamara and what you know what what Kamara and Ingram was just a few years ago. During Kamara's rookie season in the second year, you know when Ingram was with the Saints, he had Drew Brees, um, who hadn't gone into shitter at that point. Um, but this is an offense that 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 uh, clearly needs a number two. You don't want to keep riding Kamara this heavy. Uh, you need some sort of change of pace, some sort of in between the tackles grinder. I don't know if his yards per carry is going to go up. It, it'll probably be better. I don't think that. You know, the Texans don't have a great offensive line by any means. Saints is ideally better. Uh, I'm trying to just find where the... Uh, where no, I, I, I just looked at it. Um, Really, well, I looked at Kamara's run block efficiency. The Texans were 32nd oh, right. in run blocking efficiency. The Saints for Kamara were actually a little worse. Yeah. But... Kamara isn't a traditional running back. He's not a right. traditional in between the tackles. His best skill set is being utilized and maximized on the outside of the tackles and in the flat and the passing game. Uh, bringing back a running back who's familiar with the offense already and who knows what his role is as soon as he gets to this offense should help Kamara see less of the shitty carries, the in between the tackle carries that he's not the greatest at and let him get back to where his natural role is mm-hmm. yes could he see some you know maybe one or two three less uh, touches per game probably should he see an uptick in passing volume and still get even more of that receiving work as he should yes i think you'll see more of him getting involved as a pass catcher and is better you know in game situations mm-hmm. yeah and uh 170 already yards after contact for for ingram so you know, it, it's a good, it's, it's a net positive. Is wait till he has a big game. Yeah, if he has that two touchdown game, or he, he goes for, you know, you know, uh, ten carries for, for like you know, 60, 70 yards and a touchdown. That's your window to sell. I don't know if he'll get enough volume to be consistently fantasy viable. And deep leagues, I think he'll definitely have some flex value. But if you have him on your roster and you'll be rostered in all you know all sorts of places you will have a cell window if you're trying to get la you know us a second round pick for him or maybe even a, i guess an early third at the worst mm-hmm. 
Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, still weeks away from returning, speaking of Taylor Heineke. <laughs> it should be his job. There. Well, no, they should be, but I think it will be. A lot of people limited and not practicing. More on that, I'd say Sunday, but just keep an eye on all these guys. Like, the problem with doing an early week show is that it's really Thursday, Friday practices that you want to watch for a lot of these veterans. A lot of them are not practicing Monday through Wednesday at this point in the season and with the longer season, or they're getting in limited practices, and there's bumps and bruises and and things of that nature. So just, you know, kind of pay attention to it. Yep. Um, the ones you do need to know about, uh, Devontae Adams is not playing on Thursday, or likely to not. He won't play. Um, the COVID protocol, uh, Alan Lazard was not vaccinated. He's in COVID protocol, which is different than Devontae Adams, who was. So he's definitely not playing. Hopefully you waiver grabbed Randall Cobb. I did everywhere I could. I, they're also, it sounds like MVS is going to travel with the team. Yeah. And he could be back. On, he could be back depending on how well the pregame warmups are. They don't have to activate him until tomorrow yep so they won't be able to wait until pregame warm-ups uh That's fair. they have to do it i think it it was like 1 30 tomorrow that they have to activate them by if they're going to i think they will they'll just decide if they'll play or not by then yeah um michael gallup is practicing his windows open so if he was dropped in your league go for it be interesting to see what that does to dalton schultz now, Devontae Adams did not travel with the team, so he's yeah, he's obviously out. out, out, out. Uh, Joe Flacco not going to join the Jets until Friday, and will probably be inactive for Week Eight. That's expected. Uh, Mike White is your starter in New York for right now. I did actually was able to go out and grab him somehow, some way. A quarterback that's going to start a game was deep buried on waivers in our in our listener dynasty league. Oh, it depends if uh. uh, uh Sleeper was up to, you know, it's up to stuff on it. It had his projected saying that he was a starter, like projected points. So people that look through waivers will see him popped up right away. Oh, you got to know who you're who you're looking for, right? Exactly. So, I actually only caught it because I had a roster spot and was going to look for the most ridiculous person I could find to put on the trade block. And then I saw Mike White there and I'm like, that's actually not a bad way to use that roster spot. <laughs> And then you have Joe Flacco the week after that if uh, if you still don't have Zach Wilson. And if White lays an egg, right? I mean, he's got first crack yeah. at this thing, so if he doesn't completely stink it up, he may not. True. Uh, McLaurin not practicing. That is a new injury, so pay attention to that. Uh, new injuries are the important ones. Not you know, New injuries at this point in the week, not things guys have mispracticed with since Monday. Taylor designated to return. He's expected to be activated. We just talked about that. Al Sanders. Uh, he's out. I think it's, he's out looking like he's not going to play. So Low ankle, sp- low ankle sprain, I think. He might miss a couple weeks. So. Uh, Gamewell was likely rostered in most leagues. Boston Scott, did I'll carry him? Mm, he was uh, not rostered in most leagues. I picked him up several places. Well, perfect. I mean, he probably got dropped before. The, yeah. Yes. If he's, in, he's out in your waivers, which by this point, he's probably been picked up. Go look to see if Boston Scott's available. 
it's not going to be all Gainwell. And there yeah. might be some flex value depending on how we see the carries. But the full week of practice should shake up for this offense. Yeah. Let's see who else we got. Uh, Rob Gronkowski is going to make his return week eight. Antonio Brown uh, with a crutch still. Baker Mayfield maybe back. So a lot of things to just know. Early, you know, early week. I can't believe May- Mayfield already. He's a full. I think he logged a full practice today too. Yeah, that's uh, nuts. Giants still. Sound like they've got some problems getting people back. Galladay, Tony, Barkley, Sterling Shepard, all working with trainers on the side, not with the main practice. Uh, oh, Cleo Mack not going to play against the 49ers, so take that for what you will. No. Matt Nagy got COVID. Is he going to be... Uh, Is he not coaching, I hope? Maybe he won't coach. I'm hoping. Maybe we'll win. <laughs> Maybe maybe we'll see more out of that offense. Um, that's interesting. NFL commissioner said he thinks Washington owner Dan Snyder has been held accountable in regards to the ongoing investigation. I don't believe that. Well, that and they already came out and said that they're not going to give, they're not going to make, make it public. public. Yeah. So, so much shit, so much, uh, so much Ron with this, still remains Ron with this situation. Chargers got their kicker. Signed Dustin Hopkins. Dustin Hopkins, the original, wanna, you know, fuck with your league. And have a D Hopkins out there that isn't, you know, oh. the D Hopkins people want. McNair's are still shitty. Yeah. <laughs> Things are that are shocking to anybody. Fucking yeah. Christ. Okay. I've had about enough of that. That's yeah. enough news for right now. That's a, uh, that's enough. I think we covered everything we needed to cover. Willie Sneed Jordan was Jordan Howard might be active off the practice squad. For Philly? For Philly. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyway, and some some B writer for the for the Eagles is saying, "Don't be shocked if Minshew does get a start at some point this season." Okay. Well, B writer, I'd be happy about that. I think a lot of I think there'll be a lot of happy Eagles fans. Apparently, so, uh, I saw that's a, just something to keep note because I think that is a it's more of a dynasty outlook for Hurts. And for, it is, but you look at how the Eagles games have gone, right? I mean, Hurts is Blake Bortles right now. I want to do the comparison on that, but Jalen Hurts is basically Blake Bortles at the moment. His fantasy points, I think he has like 78 in the fourth quarter and no more than 20 in any other quarter. Yeah, it's... Or uh, no more than 30, sorry, in any other quarter. Hurts hasn't been good, but like everything else, and I'm sure Bears fans will also... No speak to this from what there's happening with them. It's uh not just on the quarterback. I don't even know if this Eagles team even wins a game or two without Hurts, but I mean this has been this has been, you know, they, kind of they have more personnel problems than even the Bears do. Yeah, it's it's 
everything's off. And a team that obviously that they're still recovering from the failure of Wentz doesn't even have the right pieces around Hurts for that team to well, be, be competitive. It's not the failure of Wentz. I mean, how much goodwill can Howie Roseman continue to ride from a Super Bowl win, right? Because, I mean, yeah, I know. what have you done to to pump that up? You haven't drafted well. Your defense, the secondary has been a liability for the last four years. The pass rush has gone away. You don't have anything notable. You well, Devonta Smith, I guess. But other than that, you did nothing really at receiver. No. And you know he's been just okay, but the drop off behind him is so huge that you know. There's got there's a coaching staff that's nothing. not using Miles Sanders the way that he should have been used. And now he's hurt. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, they'll use Jalen Hurts as some sort of escape goat. Obviously, they when they move for when they made the move for Carter Minshew, it, it tipped the hat that we knew a lot of us knew that Hurts' leash wasn't very wasn't extremely long. There is a, a real chance that he could be benched, not because of play, almost more so because of where the team's at. But mm-hmm. if they think just switching from Hertz to Menchu is going to spark this team up at this, I mean, I don't, I'm not saying don't, I'm not saying you don't have to give Minshew a shot, but I don't know how this is going to spark up the offense where, uh, but all right, anyways, we'll yeah. talk about that more if that actually comes to life, but it's something that it's worth bearing for our dynasty listeners to hear. Yeah. Anyway, you said you had a question. Yeah. So I saw it. Our boy Ryan McDowell, okay, you know, does a lot of shit for DLF. Like he made Ryan. a post on Twitter. What? Love Ryan. Love Ryan. He made a post out there that I found interesting. That the bigger we could just chit chat about. Okay. He goes, "It looks like, and this is for obviously dynasty purposes, is that you can make a real. He, I'm not going to quote, you know, verbatim, but you oh. can make a real argument." I saw this tweet. Did you see this? Yes. He goes, Did you, you, know, you can make a real argument that the RB1, the wide receiver one, and the tight end one are all from this rookie class. I don't think we have to do much discussion about Pitts' tight end one. I think Pitts has been there. I think I think you can go to a point where Pitts is in his own tier. Uh, given his age, given what he's done over the past you know, two weeks and what he's shown this, this season, it, it's Pitts should be in that spot in its own right. Running back receiver is a different conversation, and it, it speaks more to how you tier players. But it's fun because people are going to defend who they think is the best player at each position from that spot. Yeah. But I thought it was fun that there's a lot of love going to Najee Harris, which I think it's the biggest takeaway. Cause... Yeah, and, and there is. And really, with McCaffrey's injury issues and the shelf life of running backs, right? I mean... It's hard to argue against Najee Harris as the the RB one. Like you and I talked about this in the off season, where you know Kamara and Cook, who are arguably the next two behind McCaffrey for most people, have questionable contract situations coming up in the next year or so. So, you know, you there's a lot of question marks around running backs anyway. So for Najee Harris to come in and do what he's doing, you know. I, you could make the argument. I don't know that you would sell me on it. I totally agree with top three to five. He's tier one. He's tier one for sure. Uh, who's ever in that, which I think it might be JT Swift. 
And I want to say McCaffrey, but I mean, age and injury, but we know who he is in that offense. Like we, we is literally the Panthers offense, even with DJ Moore there, who is often considered a tier one, tier two receiver in his own right for dynasty purposes. So, and I would, it's, and I would still stick despite the injury issues. I would still stick cook up there too. Probably Well, cook up there. Uh, I, I think I still put Barkley up there. I think the Giants are going to resign him. His fifth year contract will start obviously is it what next year? Next or is it two yeah. seasons or next season or two? I can't remember which one it is, but um Well, it's like the Cowboys going by, but you can't forget Zeke really either, right? I mean he's signed, he's paid. Yeah. So And then you start throwing on age and and generally age is more of the running back conversation after their first contract, after the rookie contract. So while, you know, Najee Harris is an older rookie running back, uh, given for what we normally see from our high end backs, he's still going to be with Pittsburgh for four years. Mm-hmm. They have a fifth year option on him because he was a first round pick. I think the only true argument you can make maybe against him from being up there is where, where Pittsburgh is going to go at the quarterback position. And how does that, affect the offense but we know the history of Mike Tomlin running backs and the bell call uses they get it's I mean right now Najee Harris 89.7 percent opportunity share that's mm-hmm. it's high right where Le'Veon Bell was that's yeah I mean, that's that he is the offense now new quarterback here when you don't have a noodle arm Big Ben should make the office more vertical maybe see less targets but he's going to dominate the opportunity share each and every year and we expect Pittsburgh's offense to improve off of what they get this year. Maybe not next year per se, because we you know rookie quarterback, but I yeah. thought that interesting. You know, we can talk I, about Jamar Chase if you like. But. Uh, no, I, I want to talk wide receivers and quarterback too. Uh, you know, my feeling on the running back is you can make the argument. I don't think it would be a convincing argument for most people to have Najee Harris as the one. I think that there's yeah. seven or eight guys that a lot of people would have in some varying order. And Najee Harris is right at the mix in the top tier of that list, like you said. I just yep. think that it's not, you know, you can make the argument, which is all Ryan was saying is you can make the argument, not that there is. Let's, exactly. Let's talk exactly. the wide receiver position for a second. So sure. Jamar Chase, shot out like a cannon, not unlike Justin Jefferson, right? When he got the opportunity. Yeah. When Jefferson finally got the opportunity, you know, Chase, you have some concerns in in training camp, and now he's you know, come out very, very well. Um, you know, you've got, you don't know where Devontae Adams is going next year. Um, Hopkins in Arizona, that's kind of come to fruition the way that we thought it would with, uh, you know, he's not getting the Houston, Texas level, Houston Texans level of uh, target share there. Yeah. Yep. Um, and, you know, Tyree killing the Chiefs in a little bit of a, of a rut per se, if you will. So, you know, AJ Brown, DK Metcalf are young guys that would be in that conversation, but they haven't, they have the flashes and the solid to very good games, but not with the consistency that I think a Chase and a Jefferson do. I think Chase is a lot closer to that wide receiver one conversation than Harris is to that uh, RB one conversation. I mean, and we didn't talk about the the CD lamb. Yeah. You know, just, when it comes to wide receivers, Adams wouldn't be in that top tier. As you mentioned with them, you know, departing from Green Bay likely next year. We don't know where he's going to end up. 
he's not going to have anywhere near – he may not have the same level of quarterback play that he's getting from Aaron Rodgers. He won't have an offense, a passing offense built to feature him. Potentially, as he is also getting older, Diggs likely is a part of that tier one spot. He's in, he's in the later prime time of his career, you know, of his of his prime years. But he's still a vocal point of a top five offense on Buffalo. You have one of the deepest wide receiver tiers. I think even tier one, it's absolutely insane because you can definitely throw Brown up there, just given what he's done over three years. You can definitely can definitely have some. You know, some concern with the passing game is Tannehill has kind of regressed this year. Metcalf is mm-hmm. showing the very little opportunity he was going to get to show that he's potentially QB proof. Um, but you know, unfortunately, with you know, you know, with uh, Seattle and you know Pete Carroll at the helm, there not a high volume passing offense, so it's tough. But you see the production right now. It may it may be just Lamb and Jefferson and. No, and Jamar Chase. Yeah, there might be some other guys you can definitely put up there, but it, it might be just those three at that elite. It, right, because I think that you have Brown, Metcalf, and those guys a uh, a tier below. And, and, and I wouldn't even argue with anybody that said that they they want to throw them up there. Brown could definitely be up there. You may even see, you know, a pretty good argument for DJ Moore for what he's done. Yes, um, I, I think you should. So it's it's a great time. It's a great time to have a heavy wide receiver core on dynasty rosters right now. Yes, it, it is, and I have I have cultivated some good ones there. Yeah, and like in some guys, guys like Cooper Cup, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, definitely deserve to be mentioned. Um, yeah, Cooper Cup was older when he came out, though, too. I think he's already like 28, 29, somewhere in yeah, there. Yeah, he's in that so. twilight part, but he plays. I mean, his role in that offense is, hey, just like Adams is built perfectly for him. He's not great on the outside. He's not made to be an well, outside receiver, but he, he he basically operates in the slot against zone. Yeah, he's 28. All the time. So yeah. he operates in the slot against zone all the time. The other thing with Cup, though, too, is that his game already lends itself to playing into his mid thirties, a lot like Edelman's and Welker's did. Yeah. Um, and he plays more vertical than them. Yeah, you know, on an offense that wants to push the football. He plays more vertical because he has athleticism. But even when that fades, he was such a good route runner coming out, which is what drew me to him. That you know he didn't forget how to do that. That's going to allow him to play. And we talk about it all the time with guys that win with athleticism when they get older and can't do that anymore. You know, a lot of them cannot change and nuance their game into decent route runners and the ability to separate yeah cooper cup already has that so yeah yeah and it's you know when you have arguably the best route runner against zone and an offense as long as he doesn't leave la yeah like he he is easily in that tier two and stafford unlocked next level for him yeah and the fact that what you saw what golden tate was was you know was Stafford with the Lions. Yes, that's a very uh, good Cup comparison. Is definitely, Cup is definitely going to be just fine. Yeah. So as long as he stays healthy. Very good comparison with Golden Tate as well. Um, Quarterback one, I don't see it. There is no one from this year. You can't no. put you can't put Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's probably the closest to that spot, but I think it's more, even more so on his name. Mac, Jones, Mac Jones has been the best 
rookie quarterback this year as far as performance goes. And, How many people are shocked by that, though? I mean, maybe a little bit, but well, if you I, are, you weren't. Shocked. If you are, you weren't paying attention, right? Mac Jones was yeah. was the most pro ready. That's why we thought he was going to Shanahan, not you know he not a guy like Trey Lance who has all the tools but needs the polishing, or Justin Fields who has all the tools and needs some polishing, or Zach Wilson who has a lot of the tools and needed some polishing, right? I mean. Yeah. Mac Jones is always the one that was in Trevor Lawrence were the two that you looked at and said, okay, these guys are closer to ready now than this next tier guys. And, um, so, but the performance there hasn't necessarily justified to me for either of them, putting them up, putting them up nor near dynasty quarterback one. I, I don't, with what's going on with Mahomes right now, I, I don't know. Josh Allen maybe is your dynasty quarterback one because he just got paid and his performance almost, hasn't slipped. It's almost like a like a one A through one F. Yeah, I mean you got Mahomes because Mahomes, Allen, Murray, Lamar, Lamar. Although um, he's they're. Figuring him out, but he has flashed this year the ability to use the arm more. Yeah, it's he'll get his contract. Ravens yeah, he are will. Playing too well, Lamar. Uh, Justin Herbert, you've got to Justin consider Herbert, yeah. up in that top top echelon. Um, you know, with the fact that he's just picking up right where he left off after last year. So it's just it, it's it's not even more so that Mahomes. I mean, Mahomes not having his best stretch of football. It also isn't shocking. He's not shocking enough. He was a gunslinger at college. Like he was a, a raw, a raw prospect as well coming out that just happened to hit his ceiling immediately when he took the field. Well, and but we've talked about the chiefs a lot he's, too. He's been, he's been fine. Like he's mm-hmm. been rough because he's playing hero ball too much. Cause they have no defense. Have any, they have no defense and you don't have, any real competent, you know, a competent playmakers around almost like Kelsey and Hill. And that's the problem. And that's what we said. Yeah. The problem was for the chiefs for the last couple of years that we expected to bite them was the defense. But every time we talk about the chiefs from a fantasy perspective, it was the same two names. It was Kelsey and Hill. And if it's not either of them, good luck. And suddenly it's not either of them. And we've hit the good luck phase because there's not anything competent or reliable behind that you know you, people wanted you know Nicole Hardman to grow into the wide receiver too or the Tyree kill replacement or whatever you thought he was going to be but the town I'll be honest with myself because I didn't like him anyway the talent was never like, there for that and it, it, it was the athleticism never productive at all yeah. like he was he was a peer project they were trying to find the same diamond in the rough that they found with Tyree Kill. And Hill would have been a far higher draft they pick just, than he didn't have his allegations. That yeah. They just haven't brought in a second, let alone a third wide receiver that either is a veteran that has experience and has proven to be productive. You know, they tried it with Sammy Watkins, probably the worst person you can try that with. Um, or Just imagine this. Drafted and another that, receiver with high capital or upside. Just imagine this. 2020 draft, Chiefs do not select Clyde Brazilier. Fucking horrible pick to begin with. And they go T. Higgins, 
or Michael Pittman. Yeah. Outside alpha receiver, because Tyreek's not an alpha. No. He's a gadget he's, player on a very high-profile offense. He's a gadget player on a very high-profile offense that has a lot of boom to his game. But you get a true alpha out there like Pittman or Higgins? Oh, that, man. Just imagine, and then they keep, either they decide to draft the running back later on there, whether it be like a guy like, what about, you know, with Gibson? What if they decided to trade for a Marlon Mack or they, they make another, or they keep Damon Williams, who's been productive in that offense. Another, and basically another year. And then, yeah, you know, it's, it's, it's these draft picks when teams say, well, this is a luxury pick. It's a luxury pick. There's not a fucking luxury pick in football. No. That's why you don't go running back in the first round. That's why you definitely don't go running back like a guy like Clyde when you have a Swift. Imagine Swift. Right. It's just and it's not that it's fucking bonkers to me. It's not that I don't like Clyde, it's where he went. It's it's, it's the Chiefs made some so just some piss poor decisions. Or you look at what they could have done defensive wise. You had you wise, you had a deep cornerback class this year. You had yeah. Um, you know, a solid defensive class last year, and you didn't do anything. Yep. So, and it's you're starting to see wasted draft picks. Yeah, you're starting to see where that where that goes for them. But yeah, this is a sports talk radio portion of the show. We're just riffing at this point. But um, boom, 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 boom. yeah, you don't. Anyway, anyway, back to the point though. Um. <laughs> Q- Off the rails. Yeah, QB ones for dynasty. Like, I look, there's not anybody in this class I'm willing to anoint that yet. I believe in the talent of Lawrence. I be- still believe in the talent of the top four. And Mac Jones is what he is. Um, yeah. we'll talk. I actually think I want to talk about him in a minute. We'll we'll see. I can't remember, but. Okay. Whatever the list says, right? Yeah, whatever the list says. <laughs> whatever the list says. As I tick things off of it. But, yeah, it's... You can't really make the argument. You can make the argument. You can make any argument you want. I think it's a much tougher argument at the quarterback position to say that. Yeah. That there's I think it's... Uh, there's a lot more argument to be made if you want to put Lawrence in Tier 1. Mm-hmm. At, at, like, the pure bottom of that list. I mean, we'll see how he keeps playing because he's he's, you know, he's starting to improve. I, I I was semi excited to see if you know what Wilson could have you know become off of their win and plus the bye week, even though it's against you know the mm-hmm. Patriots. Obviously, we know my love of Justin Fields. We'll see what we'll see about Trey Lance, but I mean Mac Jones being where he was and New England just doing such a great job in minimizing the risk that there would be with Mac Jones and just playing to his strengths. It's, it's, I don't think people need to be shocked. It's, yeah. it's, it's shocking that people are shocked. Yep. Mac Jones has found success. And Lawrence, Lawrence is playing better, but as I run through this, the guys I would take over him would be Josh Allen at the moment, as we talk about this in dynasty. Oh yeah. Yeah. Would be Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow's close. They're, those two are really close for me. I think I saw. I think I lean Burrow. We're starting to see that the Bengals' offense truly, yeah. truly come alive right now. Yeah. Hopefully, it does remain. Um, Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, 
could make an argument for Dak talking about guys that have been in the league longer than two years or three years or four years. Can make an argument for Dak. Um, nope, NFC, not in the NFC North. Rogers. Rogers too old. It, it, well, and you don't know where he's going next. Same thing with Stafford. They're good yeah. right now, guys, but um, and Kyler. So definitely Kyler, definitely Kyler. So I mean, I think, how, I, think I, I think that's your list. Yeah. So I mean, there's five, six, seven guys right there. Yeah. And at least six of them that I would not think twice about that. Maybe Wilson too. Just depends. I, yeah. I would love to see Russell Wilson not on a, a Pete Carroll led led team. Sure. All right, let's go to the list. Um, what <laughs> what do I want to start with first here? Um, I'm just going to go top to bottom here and tell you what I had written down, and we can decide if it's worth talking about. Sure, let's do it. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan and his snap share. Uh, looked like he was getting primarily third down work. He did break the big run at the end, but uh, he had close to, a, I think it was like 47 48% snap share. I'm pulling it up. I'm just pulling off this page. I did it earlier. The 47.6. I mean, in a game that they, I mean, it wasn't, they didn't have it truly in hand. It was, you know, it was, you know, back and forth. But I think, I think they, they've have found that role to go alongside Mixon, which is, (laughs) which they played together in college. So yeah, which is even funnier. Yeah. You but he's at 5.5 yards per touch, which is 14th in the league, um, close to four yards a carry. And I think that they trust him more on, uh, I think what it's come down to is they trust Pirine more on on passing downs than they do Joe Mixon at this point. I don't know if they're uh, doing that to protect Mixon or, or what I mean, the case had, is, but he's he been... Yeah, he just had one more target. I mean, I'll be interested to know what the routes. It was 11 versus 16 to Mixon. Yeah. So, I mean, it's, you know, Bengals won 41-17. Game was out of reach by the third quarter. It was, you know, uh, 13 to 10 at halftime. So, obviously, closer first half. I'll be interested to see what the splits would have been in the second half. But we know that Pia, we know that the Bengals want to at least use Samaje. Mixon's always been a bit of a headache. As someone who's been a, a Mixon, uh, a truther for fantasy forever, the misuse of him has it's, it's been duly noted. But I think you, you can make a note that this, this is the lowest share that he had all year. The game against Green Bay, he was hurt in. So it, it's it's that it's more telling of what the outcome of the game was, where you can you know, maybe make a point that the game was out of reach and don't need to play Mixon anymore. But it does make note that I think P. Ryan needs to be rostered in deep leagues. Yeah. Especially. If, if he's going to get third down work. All right. Let's try to see how much of this we yes. can get through in a All right. Go call ahead. It 15-minute nope. span. Uh, Bears okay. offense and Justin Fields. Uh, rough. It's that's it's 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 a little bit of everything. It's a, it's literally and everything. I was kind of po- – I'm a Bears fan, as most of you probably Sorry. know by now. But <laughs> – um, uh, I'm not a Bears homer, if that makes sense. You have never been a Bears homer. Um, I recognize it is a very, very flawed team. And so I was poking at some of our Bears homers a little bit. 
people on Sunday. And what you always do, I, I had a good chuckle. I do poke at them a lot because they are home. They are, they are homers. Um, we love them, but they are homers. They are homers. I was poking at the Bears homers a little bit this week about, about Justin Fields because he fumbled three times. He took three sacks. He did not look particularly good. And so, you know, I kind of threw out there that maybe just maybe I wasn't seeing things when I thought that he was a little slow to process the field and a little slow to release and that he'd need some time to adjust to the the NFL game and maybe just maybe Matt Nagy who saw him every day in practice wasn't wrong about the fact that he would need some time to adjust to the NFL game and protecting him from that by putting Andy Dalton out there. So, you know, maybe just maybe there was some truth to that. Now there are other factors, obviously, right? Um, the bears don't have a wide receiver that can separate. Um, that is shaded Allen Robinson. I've, no shock to anybody that's listened to this show for any oh. period of time that I'm throwing a little bit of shade at Allen Robinson. Um, Fields is Fields is a quarterback that doesn't throw with anticipation. He has to see it before he throws it, and he doesn't have that. He's relatively accurate, especially on the deep ball. He's not pinpoint accurate. So when you're trying to throw to a guy that can't separate, it's a little bit of a problem. Some chemistry issues there, but Allen Robinson does not separate well. To me, this team is missing a player. Doesn't even have to be a, you know, it could be a dynamic running back, but Tariq Cohen hasn't come off the pup. It could be um, wide receiver, tight end, whatever that can separate to help their quarterback. He doesn't really have a safety net. That's a personnel thing. That's on Ryan Pace. And he only has about three seconds to throw up for a drop back too. So while he's not. So you've got a really bad mix there where you've got a quarterback that doesn't process or make decisions quickly or throw with anticipation behind an offensive line that's porous as hell. Those are not mutually exclusive things. They can both be true, and in this case, they are both true. And what makes it worse is that when you have the worst supporting cast in all of football, and you have arguably the worst offensive line, not the worst tackles, an offensive, you know, in, in, in all of football. And there's injuries there, too, that have led there's to that. There's also injuries. Yeah. Um, it's also extremely difficult for rookie quarterbacks in general to develop the ability to throw with anticipation. We've been spoiled. Basically what it's been. We were spoiled with Mahomes and Watson. We've been spoiled with Josh Allen now in his uh, development, even Lamar Jackson at times. We've been spoiled with Kyler. We've been spoiled, spoiled, spoiled with Burrow and Herbert. We are expecting elite play from the get-go because we see it from Herbert and we see it from Mahomes specifically from day one. And that's it's setting these ent- these expectations that rookie quarterbacks can't struggle right away. Now, what the Bears do beyond this after this year to help develop Justin Fields, whether it be him or provided him with supporting guys, we'll find out. But it's it's been fucking ugly. It has been ugly. All right, moving on. Uh, that took about five minutes. We had ten minutes left. Van Jefferson. Um, Van Jefferson, hundred percent snap share, forty-two routes run, seven targets, four receptions, hundred and eight air yards. There's obviously a way the Rams want to use him. Um. Hasn't necessarily come to fruition yet. 
True catch rate is uh, 89th in the league. So, you know, he's not, these aren't high efficiency routes or passes or anything like that. His contested catch rate is terrible. Um, and he doesn't necessarily gain a ton of separation, but they're trying to use him deep. What do you make of the way that they're using him with these not great efficiency numbers that go along with it? And, you know, he's, I think he's a lesser Mike Williams. Yeah. I mean, he's not, I mean, he's on a prolific offense. Um, he's got, you know, decent draft capital. So, you know, that the Rams are invested in him. Uh, Robert Woods, I, I, I can't imagine it's going to be there much longer after the season. So Van's going to step into what should be a higher volume role. With but more efficient said, routes. Like his offense, yeah, his, his, it, it seems just based on his usage, he, he seems to be just an all over the place type of player. He's not great at really anything. It's just, they, you know, he's a bigger body. He's got speed. He can play on the outside, which I think is where they want to use him. I think he's a good compliment to Cooper Cup, but if there's a buyer out there, I, I'd probably move him. I don't think he's particularly great, but, but he's on an offense that's going to give him a lot of touchdown opportunity because of what his. I think his role is is that the bigger outside receiver that can win some fifty fifties. He's got decent body control. Yeah, he's just not winning 50-50s. His contested catch rate is that's 21%. Problem too. So yeah. That's a problem, too. When your job is to win 50-50 balls and you're not winning 50-50 balls, that's an entirely different issue. So the way that they want to use Van Jefferson is promising, but it's fundamentally flawed with the way that Van Jefferson's performing. Um, well, he, he's I'm also gonna... not getting deep shots. That's the thing, too, right? It's, he's got one good game. He's got a couple games here and there with decent air yards. He had 180 but, I mean, if, this past game. Yeah, but he's still 41st in total air yards for the season. So one good game is not going you know, to I'm erase. I'm interested to see how that changes, though, because it seems like they're phasing out Deshaun Jackson a bit, too. Don't forget he's there. I, I always forget that wherever Deshaun Jackson is. So, <laughs> I mean, that's a guy that they would use deep. Now, I like Van Jefferson more in a Robert Woods role with that type of athleticism where you do give him some high percentage throws and try to let him work after the catch. But I don't know well, if, if he can create separation. I don't Yeah, I don't know if he can develop into that. So I don't know. It's an interesting I mean, Woods, dynasty I mean, piece to hold and see. Oh yeah. I mean I'm not saying that you need to go out there and just you know sell him for, you know, for pennies on the dollar, but I think you can sell him on, on the fact that he plays in this offense and he really hasn't been as productive as I think what he could be. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. All right, skipping forward, uh, T. Higgins coming off the injury. Uh, you know, we knew we're interested in what would happen with Jamar Chase. It seems like he's fallen into the Tyler Boyd role, which is still perfectly okay, and Tyler Boyd's the one that is the answer to who gets phased out here. Uh, you did see 15 targets, though. I mean, this offense has two outstanding outside receivers. Yep. I, why would you check it down to your your slot receiver when you have ridiculous chemistry being built between Burrow and Chase, being built on top of what they had in college, and they're being insanely effective with it? I mean, this is our next great potential pairing. This is can, can Ocho Cinco and who's Manzada. Yeah, it's, <laughs> exactly. And and you have two better athletes than the than 
the two you just mentioned. So it's uh, it's yeah. going to be great. I it's if you're a Bengals fan, especially if you love the offensive side of the ball, this is going to be a great time. As long as Higgins can stay healthy, I love the pairing between him and and Chase, and I would definitely be trying to go out there and acquiring, you know, some, uh, you know, some T Higgins. Yeah. But I think going off of this Jamar Chase. And I think he had the injury that cost him a couple games and then they kind of slowly worked him back in a little bit. Um, as far as target volume goes, you know, he didn't have a, a huge game coming out against Green Bay and then, you know, didn't have a huge game against Detroit and then took off again against against Baltimore the receiving yards aren't there but the target volume is and the work is and I think you're going to continue to see that trend upwards he's falling into a different role than he was last year but yeah it ain't a bad I mean 15 targets in a blowout win yeah well while you're still battling back from injury probably I'm sure he's still banged up in some sort of aspect too so buy yourself some Jim or uh buy yourself some T against the Nazi Sure thing. Uh, Alan Lazard had himself a big game, but uh, ran 90% of the routes, which was 29 of them. Six targets, five receptions, 60 yards, a touchdown, only to land himself on the COVID list. Um, we don't talk much more about that. We'll wait till no. he's back and MVS is back and see how that lands. Uh, Bengals defense and Bears or uh, Bucks defenses. So. Part of what we have to do when we talk these defenses is, you know, we generally have to adjust to where things are trending because we do see defenses improve yeah. as the years go on or as the uh, the weeks go on. Um, Bucks past defense look very very good against the Bears. They look like they're trending in the right direction, um, and the Bengals defense just looks much improved over over last year. I mean. Are the Bengals not the first off? Are the Bengals not the insta start that they maybe had been? The Bengals? I mean, they. I don't think they were ever insta starts. No, I mean not start the defense. Start people against them. Oh, against them. I'm sorry. I mean, they've allowed normal than 25 points. They played against the Vikings, the Packers, and the Ravens. Two highly pro, highly prolific offenses. Um, it's not like things have changed too much when they played against. You know, when they play good teams compared to bad teams, I, 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 it's more about looking deeper into what they've been successful against. Um, but yep. they're, you know, you know, from a, you know, from a, you know, a total team defense standpoint, they've, they've been very much impressive and you need to start looking their way in, in leagues that have defensive scoring. It, yeah. And I will say this as far as the Bengals go, looking at how you play people against them, against quarterback, running back, wide receiver. And probably tight end. I'll check that too. Over the last three weeks, I mean, they're they're a bottom half team as far as people you want to start against them. I mean, they're twenty. They're a bottom third. They're twentieth or were or twentieth or better. So this is one of those things where the lower you are, the better it is because it goes by points allowed. They're twentieth or better against every position right now. Stuff. I mean, it's hard to. I mean, if the offense is scoring this much, you can definitely play receivers. You will, and that's where they're they're. That's kind of it. But they're still, you know, again, they're a top ten team in not allowing points to wide receivers. So I'll see it this way: you're probably you're always going to play studs, 
against them, like your like your best players, they're probably not a streaming option you're looking at playing against. Right. And that's yeah. I think how yeah. they were perceived a Before. lot after last year. So we have to adjust that narrative a little bit. Yep. Uh and the Buccaneers were seen that way a lot a lot this year, but over the last three weeks, uh the Bucks have allowed the fewest points to running backs, which you never started against them. They've allowed the fewest points to wide receivers. Just nine. Nine per game, yeah. I mean, uh, it's a, a great defense. You know, uh, people know how good of a, a defense this was. They've been banged up, and they're starting to get healthier. Yeah. Actually, since week three, they have not allowed a, in standard, a 10-point. Unfortunately, they haven't played a good team since, a good offensive team since week three. No. Well, that's the other thing, right? They played, well, so week four, yeah. They played Miami, Philadelphia, Chicago, and now they get New Orleans. So it'll be a bit before they play a good offensive team. They actually I mean, get this kind is of a, a cake schedule. This is a ridiculously good. They don't play a, an offense that has any sort of resemblance that I feel great about till Buffalo. That's yeah, week, yeah. 14. week 14. I mean, the Saints, uh, Jameis has been great from protecting the football. And maybe you can look at that saying, well, you better hope he gets it on sacks. But, I mean, you get Washington, Giants, the Colts, Wentz is, well, has, been, has been playing better. It still makes a lot of bone in place. Atlanta, and then you get Buffalo. And then after that, Saints, Panthers, Jets. They have one difficult offense opponent left. That's it. The team they go pick up. So by weeks week nine, there's going to be leagues that drop them. Yeah, no doubt. Especially if one of these random teams has a good game, more so in garbage time. My call likely happening against the Eagles when they put up, you know, twenty two. But still. <laughs> All right. Other things we didn't get to. Just to to put a bow on this, Aaron Jones. Um, kind of a, a rough go of it. He hasn't had a touchdown in four weeks, which is rushing touchdown in four weeks. He did have a receiving touchdown last week. It's a little, little different from him. Kind of a dud last week. You're not concerned about that. Uh, Hurts Hurt versus Bortles. We talked about that earlier in the show. I was going to do a more direct comparison. Didn't get there. Uh, Carson Wentz has been playing a bit better as of late. So, uh, that pairs with the fact that Michael Pittman has emerged as a wide receiver one. So, you need to be aware of that. Michael Pittman is somebody that needs to stay in your lineup at this yep. point. Actually, Carson Wentz has not thrown an interception in the last four weeks, not for lack of trying. I thought um, he threw a pick last week. He did on not. Sunday night. Nope, it was it was ruled a fumble. Oh. Well. They ruled it a fumble because his arm wasn't coming forward. Really? Yeah, it got hit out of his hand in the air. It was a forward flip. Oh, that's right. That's right. So... They ruled that a fumble. So he has not thrown a pick in the last four weeks, two touchdowns each of the last four weeks, uh, just 150 yards in the rain. But, you know, other than that, hasn't really taken a ton of sacks behind a, a decent offensive line. Uh, saw a little bit of the rushing floor come back last week. So um, Carson Wentz is trending upwards. And then Pittman and Debo have been very, very good. And you should start both of them. I don't know why anybody was ever screwing around with Brandon Ayuk. That victory lap is the only laps I will run today. I mean, I don't know anyone could predict that he'd be a shit hands doghouse. But 
Debo was getting too disrespected. I, I would say that. Predicted that I just didn't like Brandon Ayuk. <laughs> so when I don't like a player, they've got really got to perform for me to get off of that. I will get off of it, but they really got to perform. And it I, takes some time. They got to me, work you, pretty to hard. To me, Ayuk had not done enough, right? I mean, he had a pretty impressive rookie season. Boy. He had an okay rookie season. He had a better rookie season than Debo. He you didn't have the numbers. He didn't have a better season last year than Debo. This is rookie season last year. Of course, he had a better season. Debo was hurt for most of it. Right, but on a per-game basis, when Debo was healthy, he was the better receiver. They weren't healthy together. That was part of the argument that we made, but yeah, I'm saying that... It was coming off of you having such an impressive rookie season that it, it's he more started. or less shocking to me that he struggled, that it's been... All of a sudden, it's a doghouse thing. He started really slow and then was big there in the middle when Debo was hurt, but... To me, the disrespect to Debo, who's done nothing when he's healthy but produced, I don't even know if Debo's given you a dud game ever. I'm sure there's some. I'm going to go look. Definitely hasn't been one this year. I'm going to go look. Hold on. But it's it was to me, it was always a hyper disrespect so get this. to Debo. First year, looking at 2019, he never he was hurt, but in games that he played, he was never below 50 yards. And that's through the air. You know that they use him in the rushing game, too. So, yeah. scrimmage yards, he was below... I gotta do math here real quick. He was below 70 just once in his rookie year. So, there's no duds there. I had to look at last year. He had games under 50 receiving yards. No, he didn't. Not in 2019. I'm looking at the game log. 17 receiving yards against Bucks. Hold, 44 against hold Pittsburgh. On. I don't think the page loaded. I think that was this year. Okay. I think I'm not. Look, look. I think I clicked in. We both love Debo Samuel. Hold on. If you don't, if you don't believe us, you can go. That's back what it was. The page look didn't at load. It, yeah. So this yeah. year he hasn't given you a dud. Oh, which, this year it's been. It's been. He's been better than I think any, anyone expected. Yeah. Especially when you have healthy Kittle. And you have whatever, whatever's happened to Brandon Ayuk. I I don't know why they don't try to use him, but when it comes to Debo, it, it doesn't matter. Like he's producing, regardless of who's with him. He hasn't given you a dud since Week Five of last year. Let's put it that way. He's been. He's also very been good. hurt, but he hasn't given you a dud since Week Five of last year. Yeah. I mean, I think right now Debo is probably becoming the new Keenan Allen. Yeah. A wide receiver that got wrongfully pegged as injury prone early on in his career because he battled some injuries is going to hy- be hyper productive for the next umpteenth years because he stays healthy because injuries are random. Yep. And he's just fucking productive. Yeah. And I, I, I admit I was Ron on Ayuk over Debo. I never had him. You know, far apart. You did. I just believed in the IU production from last year compared to where I thought Debo was going to be, but they're never too far apart. I was wrong, and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, and the no. way that that goes for me is I watch college tape and I form an opinion on college, right, and what they did there, and you know, started to fold analytics and metrics, and you know, 
profiles and things like that into it a little bit more. But ultimately, I form an opinion on a player coming out of college, and then you got to do more than just one good NFL season for me to to change on that. And a lot of that is because, I mean, think of the number of players we've seen give you one good NFL season, you know? So one good NFL season will not pull me off of that initial take. It takes, like you said, it takes a while. It it typically takes about a season and a half, two seasons, before I'm I'm really pulled off the fact that, yeah, that take was wrong. And that's because... You look at Ayuk, Pettis, there's been a few other guys, a lot of running backs that give you one really good season, a couple quarterbacks too, they give you one really good season and then you never get it again. Yeah, it, it was, uh, yeah. Yep. Beer review. All right, I am drinking, as a reminder, Desil's Normal Pills. Those of you who are, are unfamiliar with the Pilsner, it's it's one of your more basic lagers that you'll find in most restaurants, liquor stores. It's filtered, extremely clean, looks very, very see-through when you pour it. Most of them use some sort of, will have hops built into it, so you get a little bit of a, a hop profile more on the back end. I, I'm assuming because there's not a lot of juice to it. The hops that they use are more for the bettering aspect of it, but as you are more of the beer connoisseur when it comes to making beer, you can speak more about that. But again, pills, there's, there's, they are the reason why I, I, I drink certain beer. I drink certain I drink beers from certain breweries because I appreciate them making actually good beer. Yeah, Pilsners are supposed to be uh, very, very crisp, very clean. Uh, so, yeah, you're absolutely right. Where the only hop character in them should be bittering hop. Yeah. Though the dry hop is starting to come through. Like, you're starting to see more and more breweries start to dabble with dry hopping. But they'll they'll pick bittering dry hop, like they'll pick hops used for bittering and they'll dry hop them. So you're starting to get a little more of, of the floral. I think it is from uh, some of the newer ones. If you dry hop a pilsner, you basically just end up with an IPA. That's how IPAs originated. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So you dry hop a pilsner, you basically just end up with an IPA. So there's like this weird in between thing. It's kind of like the distinction between an American pale ale and an IPA. So it's like a uh, a pills or a you start to an IPA is on it's on it's on filtered dry up IPA. Yeah, I mean different, slightly IPAs. different base malt too, but they're so close yeah. it's negligible. Yeah. Um, this might be the best brown ale I've ever had, just oh, from God. a pure That's... brown standpoint. Um, it's got a good amount of, it's got a decent amount of roasty. It's got a hint of roastiness to it. It's got that bitter dark chocolate note. There's caramel notes come through. Like this is what a brown ale is supposed to be. Um, it's supposed to be malt forward and balanced between caramel notes, sweet notes, a bittering chocolate note. It is like, it is a shade below what a porter is, essentially. It's yeah. a porter with a lighter mouthfeel. 
and <coughs> this absolutely nails it. The notes are spot on. They're well balanced. It's a great blend between, um, you know, the three things I think about when I, or there's really four things I think about with the brown ale, um, roasty, nutty, chocolate, and caramel. There's a slight blend of all four. There's not an overpowering note in this thing at all. Um, it's a very, very, very uh, easy drinker, but it's great for the fall because, again, those are like warming notes that I just gave out there. So, yeah, yeah, this beer is incredible. Um, it like, let's put it this way, a scrimshaw. I like beers, and then I like finding beers that represent styles very, very well. And if Scrimshaw is my go-to Pilsner, spoilers, Scrimshaw is my go-to Pilsner, <laughs> this is my new, like, if I want to show somebody the classic, a very good classic definition of a brown ale, this is it. Um, a hell of a job by Man and Mill. This is your show now, buddy. We're in the second half. Let's do it. All right, we'll go on and start doing some game previews for week eight. It's always we'll start with the Thursday night game, game that I think many people, I think there, there's some still hype around it, but with all the uh, COVIDs and potential injuries and stuff like that, it's, it's lost a bit of scene. But we have Packers versus Cardinals. Cardinals are six and a half point favorites at home. 49 and a half is the game total. Look, this is just a sit back, have fun. I'll, it's hard to bet the over with all the high-profile guys like Adams, potentially Hopkins, so I, I expect them to play. This this should be a shootout. Six and a half. I like plus six and a half for Green Bay. Uh, Cardinals have looked great throughout the year. They have looked pedestrian at times, and they could easily keep Green Bay involved. These Green Bay could easily beat them. I even dab a little bit on the money line from Green Bay at plus 220 right now. Um, easily, I'll do Green Bay in the over if I'm betting this game. Probably more so just, you know, Green Bay and watch the point totals fly. Okay. Um, this is a game where I am with you. I think the point totals here are going to fly. And. From a fantasy perspective, I'm all for it. Now, we did mention that, um, you know, Green Bay is without Alan Lazard. Uh, MVS is, is a game time decision. Uh, coming off injury, maybe kind of forced into duty. They're without Devontae Adams. So with that, you're going to have to find a little bit of a different way to do it. So for that, uh, Randall Cobb, he's available. Look, I picked him up to start him, right? There's going to be passing volume here. There's going to have to be. Um, Randall Cobb is the next guy up. There, Rodgers trusts them. I expect him to get fed and game planned a lot of targets. Um, but also expect them to lean on Aaron Jones a lot in this game. Um, you know, the receiving core is, is beat up. They have two very good running backs. So this is even a week where, you know, I think that you could get AJ Dillon involved if you wanted to from a Packers side. From the Cardinals side, um, you're, pretty well it's a chase more of a chase edmonds game to me than a james connor game but james connor has been so red zone efficient and utilized that you know i think that you're okay with either of them um and you know i'm absolutely starting christian kirk he's been second in the pecking order behind uh hop so totally on on board with that 
Um, the other thing I would look into here real quick is I think AJ Green's been a little noticeable the last couple of weeks. I don't know how it's been productive. I mean, this is a uh, this is a high scoring offense where Kyler loves to spread the football, and we've seen a clear big three for yeah. this: Hopkins, Kurt, and Green. Rondell Moore has kind of fallen off. Loss. It's not. It's. I mean, it's really always been between him and Kurt. Kurt has started to see more routes run his snaps. Yep. Over the last couple target, of weeks, target volume really hasn't been there for for uh, for Green. He's got one just one game over six targets in the last three. But there's also really all he gets only, is six targets. <laughs> there's also really only been one game that's that's been close that's been close there, and it's not the one where he had six targets. So, you know, you can do that, but I'm really more comfortable with Kirk and and Hopkins. By the way, did you mention who was on by this week? No, I will. I'll brief. I'll I'll run through that. I got it right here. Hold on. Okay. So your buys this week are. Raiders, Ravens. Ravens and Raiders. There's only two. Yep. Obviously, loss of Mar Jackson, Derek Carr, yep. Josh Jacobs, uh, even Devonta Freeman's found oh. that. Hunter Ren- both Hunter, Hunter, Renfro. Hunter Renfro and I haven't changed my board from Sunday. <laughs> but so Hunter Renfro's on bye and there's don't, don't play him this week, guys. Don't yeah. No Waller, no Andrews. I'll change it here in a minute. I'll change yeah. it here in a minute. Uh, but yeah, it's a two-team bye week, and then you get four teams each of the next two weeks. So anyway, um, there's my my rundown there. Uh, by the way, Bob Tunyon, if you're looking for a stream, he's also another one that they could default back to a little bit here um, as they look for for pass catchers. And then, yeah, no anyway. Waller, no Mandrews just to do the bye. There's a yep. lot of teams out there. Gonna so you need a couple, couple tight ends, and Ertz isn't a bad one either. In what should be I. This game's going to be fun. I'm sad I won't get to watch it, but it's going to be fun and it should be high scoring. Yeah, definitely agree. All right. Dolphins at Buffalo. Buffalo, 13 and a half point favorites. That is the second highest right now on slate. Overrunners at 49 and a half also. Last time Buffalo played Miami, Miami didn't score a fucking point. Tua is playing better, so. Hopefully that offense starts to turn a little bit more. It's a good game for Buffalo to come out on the bye with. Uh, I don't typically bet double-digit spread, so I'm not really concerned about the spread. Over-under, I, I I may even lean the under here. I don't. I still don't trust Miami to to, uh, to be able to hold up on their end to score enough points. Uh, Tua is getting better, like I just said. So hopefully there might be some score there for those of you that want to take the over. I probably would just stay away from the betting aspect of this money line sucks for the heavy money line uh, probably bets and spreads a bit high. Maybe you want to get cute and tease down the spread to maybe six and a half or uh, seven and a half. You can maybe go that way. I can't read it. What does it say now? As soon as I start talking, you'll be able to read it. Okay. I'm done. You can start talking. Okay. It says Hunter Renfro is on buy. Except <laughs> that beast. <laughs> Hunter Renfro's on by. She's probably not playing. Good chance not playing. My handwriting is atrocious. Sorry, guys. There you go. Now it looks a little more like a B. All right. Dolphins and Bills. Um, yeah. I mean, obviously, Tua had came out and had a good game. This offense is a little bit different without Tua. Jalen Waddle's been getting a ton of target volume. So if you need a floor play this week, 
um, you know, where you are without Josh Jacobs, who may be a flex play for for some people. Um, you know, that's an option for you. Let's put it that way. Um, I would steer away from most other things here. I still don't trust Miles Gaskin again yet. Um, and really, there's better matchups to to start people. Like you can go back to Sam Darnold, who maybe got a wake up call. Um, you know, to then uh, yeah, Jared Goff against the Eagles. There's some better options there than what what you've gotten two of this week. As for the Bills, chalk for the most part. Um. Dolphins defense is not overperformed this year the way that they have last year. They expect to have Zach Moss back. So completely okay with Zach Moss. Josh Allen, obviously that's a start. Stefan Diggs, obviously that's a start. Emmanuel Sanders is on a tear. Don't know if they'll need to feed him a ton of volume in this one. Uh, but I would go ahead and go that route as well. So uh pretty chalk game for for them. Just go ahead and start your top guys. Uh, haven't seen or heard a word on Dawson Knox yet. Tommy Sweeney is the backup there. Yeah, I think um, it's going to be Sweeney. I don't think Knox is going to be ready for this game. And that's okay. I would also- don't go chase Tommy Sweeney. Or are you going to say go chase Tommy Sweeney? You don't have to chase Tommy Sweeney, but again, uh, you know, prolific offense for tight end MAC, some red zone work. I mean, they, they target the crap out of Knox in the red zone. Not saying Tommy Sweeney isn't Dawson Knox, but it's more of that tight end who could step in and catch a touchdown this week. Sweeney might have a good chance to do that. Sure. I also don't hate playing Miles Gaskin this week. Uh, Malcolm Brown is on the IR out for three weeks. Gaskin saw a second. He saw his second highest in snap share, ran 20 routes, which is tied for the second highest he's seen this year. And they should be behind. And four targets. He's going to play for mine against Buffalo. Is he going to get 10 targets like he did against Tampa Bay? Probably not. But I think this is a good high end, uh, uh, Floor game for him. Uh, yeah. Maybe he sneaks himself away into the end zone. My only problem with that is outside of a breakaway run to Gibson, they really haven't given up anything in the passing game to the running back. Uh, yeah. No other back has had more than 30 yards in that regard. Um, and they really haven't given up a lot on the ground. Only 100-yard rusher is, is Derrick Henry. Actually, the only 50-yard rusher against this team is is Derrick Henry. So yeah. it's a terrible matchup as far as defense is concerned. Um, or as far as, you know, the matchup is concerned. It's good from a roster construction standpoint, but it's a terrible matchup as far as the player versus the defense is concerned. Yeah. yeah. I'm not saying don't expect the ceiling game. Get five targets with a fully healthy running back core in week two. Didn't do much with it, only at 46 total yards. Mm-hmm. Get 15 carries, which has been the season high yet last week. Look, I'm not expecting a ceiling game, but I think you'll have a decent floor game for guys that are missing Josh Jacobs and potentially Devonta Freeman. Uh, this team has also only given up uh, four touchdowns, and three of them were to Derrick Henry. Yeah, they got three. They got butt-fucked against Derrick Henry. It was literally the Derrick Henry uh, Titans versus the Buffalo Bills. He's night. the only one, though. Yeah, it's also Keen Henry. Which is speaks volumes so good. Play Buffalo's defense in fantasy football. <laughs> Just we're gonna go with that. Oh, by the way, right. they've already played Miami this year. Gaskin was four for twenty one on the air and five for twenty five on the ground. Yeah. yeah. Panthers at the Falcons. Falcons are three point favorites 
against uh, used to be three and zero Panthers game total is at forty six even. I don't want nothing to do with this game from the betting standpoint. I don't trust either team. Maybe Atlanta because they've been playing better, while the Panthers have been playing consistently worse. Atlanta's got a soft defense. Maybe you take the over. Maybe this is where Darnold has one of those highly efficient games because he's not playing against an above-average plus defense. Yeah. Um, Maybe. Could be. So, Panthers secondary has not exactly been great. We'll start with the Falcons on this one. It's not exactly been great. Um, They've allowed a receiver basically to go over 14 points every week since uh, week two, where, by the way, the Saints leading receiver in week two was a little Jordan Humphrey. So, <laughs> other than oh that, God, Jesus yeah. Christ. Other than that, they've let people over 14 points, including Dante Pettis. So, um, look, we keep waiting for Calvin Ridley to get right. This is a week where you could look at Calvin Ridley and be like, okay, he's got a chance to get right. Um, the volume is there. The productivity has not been, so you need that to, to really take off. Um, the touchdown saved his ass last week. Uh, but this game has been going more towards, or this offense has been leaning more towards Kyle Pitts. Um, and then obviously Cordero Patterson and, and Mike Davis, a range game for him. So I'm looking at <laughs> both backs. Um, you know, Ridley, yeah, I could go either way on. I think I put him in timeout with Allen Robinson on one team. Uh, for, yeah, Kirk, in favor yeah. of Christian Kirk and Randall Cobb. I mean, maybe this offense has found its stride. Its pitch yeah. should have always been considered the so the number one. What I did with that team, honestly, is I put with Cobb and Kirk both going on Thursday. I went ahead and put them both in the lineup, and then forced myself a Higgins or Ridley decision on on Sunday. Ah, I don't know if I. It's bold to do the play Cobb over over Ridley. I like it though. It is, but it's very much a better matchup and it's very much a, a, a better situation and a higher points game. So, I mean, the data says go there. So I went there. Um, it's a gut feel, And you know what? It might not pay off. Sometimes those don't. And maybe I'll regret no. that. And if it's that's the right. case, then, you know, we'll adjust and we'll go from there. Anyway, exactly. Panthers, uh, don't get cute. Troop Hubbard's been good in the absence of McCaffrey. You're fine with that. DJ Moore. Uh, and I already mentioned Sam Darnold's a stream. I really like with, with what you said, Dan, take the over. So, um, I do like that there, but yeah, that's it. That's all I got. That's it. All right. That's a game that I'm good. Just forgetting about Eagles yep. at the lions. Eagles three and a half point favorites. Game total is at an even 48. Look, lions get their first win. Lions money line plus one sixty two. Detroit is a I dumpster. Like uh, I love that call. Philly is a dumpster fire. Detroit has been competitive in more games than I think people want to give credit for. I like Dan Campbell. Yeah, they, he's done a hell of a job with that offense. I like what they're doing out there in terms of roster construction before they get their franchise QB. You know, building from the trenches out with one of the better offensive lines when healthy. Detroit wins. Now, Detroit will probably find a way to fuck this game up and lose, but I'm still betting Detroit money line. I'm, I'm not playing with, along with the game total. I, I do I do expect this game to be close, which should keep uh, scoring being pushed along. 
but the 48 is a bit amount if one of these defenses catch hot and it could get a couple turnovers. All right. On the other side of this game, uh, Look, Jalen Hurts and, and Jared Goff, I'm I'm good with both quarterbacks, right? You've got two defenses that, that haven't played well. Hurts has been I don't think Hurts needs until the fourth quarter on this one. Um, <laughs> you don't have to play Hurts until the fourth quarter. You can just let him sit there for him. Right. As far as the receiving options, these are two teams that, you know, where the tight ends are their are their best receiving options. I don't see that changing. If you need to go deeper than that, um it's a good it, it it you know it's a decent uh it's a decent Devonta Smith. It is a decent Smith I still think is flexible. I do. It's a decent Devonta Smith game, I'll give you that. He's a guy we haven't talked about a whole lot, so you forget the fact that you know he's been serviceable at least. Um Jalen Rager seems to get more attention on the show on at least this show than what uh the what I think Devonta he's firmly Smith been does, replaced but... by Quez Rockins. I think he's firmly behind yeah, any was at this point. Any very well could be. So, yeah, you're okay with with that. As far as the Lions go, I don't like anything in that receiving core. I refuse to believe in Khalif Raymond, who's been <laughs> the guy that's doing it. Uh, and St. Brown hasn't showed it yet. So, I mean, look, it's DeAndre Swift there. Uh, Eagles side in the running game, it's got to be somebody. Uh, you mentioned Boston Scott out touching Gainwell. Gainwell, I expect to be more of a receiving back. If you have the ability to just watch and see how that plays out this week, I would total this is a game where I'm completely okay getting caught watching to see what plays out. Yeah, no one's going to be able to tell you who's going to outscore who. I think Gainwell had more snaps, routes run. I know Boston Scott all carried him. I'm sure the touches were probably about the same. I think Gainwell's the more dynamic player, so I lean oh, easily. To, I yeah. lean towards him being a little bit more featured and having a bit more upside. And if you have to play one of them, to me, it is Gainwell. But I'm more in a situation of let, let's watch that unfold. I'm excited from a massive Gainwell fan. I'm a huge Gainwell fan. Yeah, you watch to see. I think he'll get to start, and if, if he continues to play well, he's, he's he's played well at times throughout this year. More often than not. I want to see what uh, what type of uh, volume they give to him. It's Wendell no, they didn't Smallwood. give shit to Sanders, so we'll, we'll see. But Wendell Smallwood all over again. No, he's far better than Wendell Smallwood. Come on, man. Don't don't disrespect my boy like that. <laughs> Fucking Smallwood. All right. Titans at the Colts. This is a very interesting game. Colts, one and a half point favorites at home. 51 is the game total. Is that the highest? Oh, there's two games higher than that. 51 is the game total. You have a surging Tennessee team here where it looks like they're finally getting a bit healthier. Uh, Colts have been, I think it found their stride. JT still doesn't get involved as much as he should, but he's fucking JT. So uh, I, I, I do like the Titans to win. The fact the Titans are plus 104 for a money line, I'll take that. This would easily be a game to be favored by three and a half to five and a half points if they're at home. I think they have uh, they have found what they've been looking for, for whatever it was. Two very quality wins in back to back weeks. Uh, I'm taking Titans money line. Maybe dabble with the over here. Uh, we'll see. Sorry, I I didn't hear a word you just said because I'm busy looking at the Wendell Smallwood Kenny Gainwell comparisons. They're actually really close. I don't care what their athletic builds are. 
I don't care if you're the same height. Uh, Smallwood was more athletic, really. Um, Gainwell's got him a bit in because he's shorter, a little bit in uh, in B- a BMI, but Smallwood's actually a touch more athletic. That's fine. Gainwell's still the better player. Gainwell's best comparison is Edo Smith. Oh, God, it hurts so much. How did he? <laughs> It pains me that he was a late, a mid to late day three pick. That, that uh, still just doesn't sit right with me. Sorry. But it is what it is. Sometimes, you know, the players. You anyway, love. who are we talking about? Because I was totally just oh, Jesus looking Christ. at Wendell Swallow. <laughs> well, we're not going to repeat what I just said. I know. The listeners, just give me the, the listeners teams. at least listen. Just give me Titans, the teams. Uh, Titans at the Colts. Uh, the listeners are looking it up, too, by the way. The listeners are like, fuck All this right. game. Titans at the Colts. This one is. Uh, is, is Pretty chalk as well. I talked about Wentz a bit earlier. I like Wentz as a start. Uh, Tannehill starting to find his yep. groove again. Both running backs should absolutely feast in this one. Uh, that's, you know, with, with Henry and Taylor. Pittman's emerged as a wide receiver one. I absolutely love that. Uh, you've got AJ and Julio for the Titans. I think both of them are, are good options this week. I expect this game to be close. Um, so, you know, the Julio still dealing with the hamstring, so pay attention to that. But A.J. Brown, obviously, preference. Uh, the only other name I want to throw out here is uh, a guy that is not getting a lot of love, but I think the red zone target share alone. Molly Cox? No, other side of the ball. Oh. The red zone target share alone deserves uh, a little bit of love. Touchdowns the last, uh, well, two of the last three games. Uh, not a ton of target volume, but Michael Pruitt is a guy that's been a little noticeable to me that I've stashed in super deep leagues. Not saying go out and start him, but if for some reason you're in tight end hell, he's been getting the red zone looks. So, and Ferkser's, you know, starting to fall out a little bit. So just, yeah, I'm not endorsing Michael Pruitt as a, a guy that you run out there that you <laughs> expect to have. You told me to start Michael Pruitt. Fuck you. Yeah, I didn't say start Michael Pruitt. I said if you're desperate, you start Michael Pruitt. But I expect I expect one of our listeners to mumble under their breath on Sunday. Two of the last three weeks, been over fifty percent snap share at the tight end position. Um, ran ten routes last week, saw three targets. Not great, good, but he's got touchdowns. So I like to see that routes that routes run kind of increase, but that was also a blowout win against the Chiefs. So it was. You talk about the Colts already. I did talk about did. the Colts already. It's shocked. All right. It, it's a so very he's not chalk, listening now. It's a very chalk game. It's been very fun, and I deserved that. Moving you on. You have it. my attention now. No, oh, damn it. Rams at the Texans. Highest game total. Highest game spread of the week at 14 and a half. Rams are favored by. A 48 is the game total. Ty got's back. I'm betting the over. Expect Houston to be a little more competitive in this game. Detroit hunt around the Rams. The Rams at times just kind of downplay. I guess that's the one concern. I think they could come out here and just really put on a show. 14 and a half. I'm not taking the spread, but I'll take the over. Have fun with the over. Sure. Maybe Brandon Cooks will finally be respectable again. Brandon Cooks revenge game. (laughs) Brandon Cooks revenge game is right. Um, they also just traded Mark Ingram, and you've been able to run against the Rams. So watch Philip Lindsay this week. Don't start Philip Lindsay this week because the Texans haven't been able to. You might be David Johnson to me to run anywhere. 
But because uh, well, well, Lindsay was getting nothing. Well, Ingram was no. getting everything for the most yeah. part. So watch the Texans. Watch what they do at the running backs. Watch and see if anybody's productive. The Rams have not been a good run defense team. Look, should have Taylor back. It's gonna be good things for uh for Cooks, but not good oh, things hopefully. for much else. But no. yeah, hopefully. Uh, the other side of this for the Rams, look, you've got a, this is not a game where the Rams are going to have to throw a lot. This is a direct Daryl Henderson game. If anything, um, it pains for you to say that, does it? Oh, uh, no, not a anymore. Little bit. I actually like Daryl Henderson. He is, he's look good. Yeah, I, so good. I, I watch a lot of the Rams cause they are a top five team for me. Fuck Stan Kroenke, but I do like the Rams. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, Daryl Henderson looks good. Um, from the receiver perspective, this is not a game where I expect a lot of blow ups. I mean, I would maybe shy away from Robert Woods if you have a better option because of just a perceived lack of target volume here. Um, you know, Cooper Cup, you're obviously going to be completely fine with, but I do not think this is a game where the Rams are going to have to throw the football a ton. And, you know, there's something to be said for keeping your foot on the gas, but I think this is one that they can just kind of coast through. So I don't expect this to be high volume, big upside or anything like that. So, you know, for Cup, I'd expect more of his floor. For Woods, uh, I would expect more of a down game. Shy away from it. And, yeah. you know, this is definitely more of a where you get to see what the Rams running game can do. Um, you know, even for Stafford, if you stream him, right? It's not an upside game for, for Stafford. We say it all the time when it comes to for fantasy games, you don't want bad defenses. You want bad defenses with good offenses. Texans don't have I a mean, good offense. He's played the Giants, Lions, two games that anyone and everyone fully expected the Rams to go out and destroy Stafford 251. A four and one against the Giants. Three thirty four, three and zero against the What were the final game scores of those? Thirty eight to eleven against the Giants, twenty eight to nineteen against the or I'm sorry, yeah. Thirty eight eleven against the Giants, twenty eight nineteen against the Lions. Lions have played teams close though, too. I mean that's what I'm saying. The Giants is more damning there than the Lions is. I like the fact that uh, that even in games expected blowouts. Stafford is still being productive. Yeah. No, he, he's somebody that's hard to sit, but he's also somebody that I have to acknowledge you took in the ninth or 10th round. So, you know, for some reason you're writing multiple quarterbacks. I don't know that I see anything here. I like a lot more, but you know, maybe a, a winter Tannehill. I might like the upside on them a little bit more. I can definitely see. A reason if you want to pivot off of Stafford. I just I'm not I'm not gonna fully fade. Let me put it this I, way. You absolutely I definitely get where you're coming. You don't have to pivot off of Stafford. Yeah. If you are projected to lose and need upside above a projection, you can pivot off of Stafford. You do not have to pivot off of Stafford. <laughs> I love it. All right. Bengals Jets. So that'd be the first time I've seen the Bengals as double digit point favorites in a long time. Ten and a half on the road. Oh, they're so much fun. At New York. 42, 42 and a half is the game total. The question is, can Mike White 
muster up enough scoring to push this over? I think he can. And can and can Joe Mixon? Is this the game where both Joe Mixon and Samaj P. Ryan will both are both RB two RB ones? No, as they're not going to be able to throw. There's going to be no need to throw the football in this game. Yeah, no, they'll the still so do much. it, right? I mean, we well, just... they'll definitely still throw it. Oh, easily. It's more of a joke. Yeah. Look I, again. This is. Uh, I don't trust the betting in this. I, I don't trust the Jets at all. Bang. This is the rare time that you take the Bengals. Easy spread. I wouldn't be shocked if this jumps up to 11 and a half to 12 by uh, uh, Sunday morning. Uh, this is an easy, you know, I take, you know, you can give the 10 and a half points against the Jets. Just bet the Bengals. There's absolutely no reason to bet uh, the game total here. And I think it's going to be very chalk for fantasy. So I'm sure you'll agree. I agree. <laughs> no, from a fantasy perspective, it's chalk. I, I like the call out on P Ryan. He was more in passing down wise, but also you did see him in garbage time against the Ravens. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a, a solid call out there on, on P Ryan. I do think Mike White cannot muster up enough offense to put this game over though, by the way, for those that don't have the book on Mike White, we can give you the book on Mike White. He's a name that comes up on the show probably more than he should. He's more than any other show out there. I guarantee you more than any other show out there over the years. (laughs) Um, Uh, We liked them. We did. Mike White 10 years ago would have been a quintessential starter. Mike White does not move. (laughs) Mike White is not fast. Mike White cannot move. Mike White has an arm, though. It's a goddamn and, statue. And I think that Mike White can show you some things. And we mentioned the Bengals being, you know, top 10, essentially, in points allowed at every position. But um, by top 10, I mean they're not allowing a lot. But they're also barely in that top 10. So, I mean, look, I'm not saying that you go out and start any Jets this week. I can't. I want, I want our listeners, I want at least one listener to post and show us that they played Mike White. I want to see a Mike White start this week. I'll start Mike White over Taylor Heineke. Fucking do it. Who I just acquired, I'll do it. Do it. Um, I want to see Mike White. I kind of like Corey Davis this week. Out. It's a game they're going to be playing from behind and passing a lot in. And I, Mike, I like Mike White. Kind of like Corey Davis a bit this week. Um... Yeah, that's all I got. I don't really want to endorse a running back or anything like that. I will just for you, though, and just put my money where my mouth is. I will start in our listener league, Mike White over Taylor Heineke, who I just. I'm so for. fucking proud. I, I will make note. This is I, I want to say Josh Larky pointed this out, but uh, he had a great random info stat for the teams that played last week. Uh, Michael Carter is starting to significantly take away the pass catching work. From Ty Johnson, so. as he as he should. Michael Carter is the more talented back. Yes. Um, if you have to start a Jets running back, it's Michael Carter. I do in a very deep league. Um, I don't so, love it, but I do. I keep an eye on that. Mm-hmm. Not to say that we are excited to ever, you know, tout the Jets running back, but if there's some semblance of Michael Carter and right. target volume. 
<laughs> if you're on YouTube, there it is. Oh, gotta love it. Right there. There it is. I know it's I know it's super deep, but I I don't care. I'm so proud of you right now. I am I should go pick him up somewhere. This has gotta be available. Oh, no, he's gotta be available. This gotta be leagues that he hasn't well, at least probably been. And that league's just for fun. There's so much see. that league is so deep that it's such a crapshoot every week that I went from you know one and four to couple game winning streak right and all of a sudden i'm second in my division it's such a crapshoot there that it's like I love well it. why not i know that starting mike white isn't gonna kill me let's have some fun here i'm about to pick up mike white in a dynasty league By the, well actually and washington plays denver that's actually the play really hold on i gotta fix all right now we can make this work based on matchups like that's actually the play to start Mike White over Taylor Heineke with Washington and Denver. It's just, I'm so glad that we get to finally be thrilled about Mike White. It 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 brings me joy. I'll be I honest. thought it, it would never me. happen. I there is a that was a year one. He was a 2017 pick, right? No, he was 20 uh, 2018. Was he? Yeah. He's either 18 or 19. He was 18. I think he, he was wasn't 18. 17. He definitely wasn't 19. He def- he wasn't 17. He was, he was definitely 18. Let's go Who can be dropped that I don't need in this league? Matt Breida, man. He's a... Vivian Hawkins, so it's not, not even... He is... Hawkins on the Rams now. Okay. <laughs> drop him. That tells you everything you need to know about that. There, There is two... There, Yeah, right? There's two dynasty leagues that I'm totally... Well, there's one for sure. I'm not playing him in the other one. There's one for sure that I'm going to be playing Mike White this week, just for shits and gigs. I'm going to play Mike White over Case Keenum. Uh, yeah, because mostly because I think Baker is going to be back anyway, so it doesn't matter. 2018 NFL draft, fifth yeah, round, 18. 171st overall to Dallas. Yeah, he was. Uh, he was one. All three of us liked. Mm-hmm. I, I, if I remember correctly, you me and Nick had them all ranked relatively, and we all I said think higher than consistent. And we all said the same thing, which is that. If he had started, you know, New England is New England against rookie quarterbacks. He might as well be a rookie quarterback. But, you know, if he had been in the draft eight years ago, you're all about it. He just doesn't have the mobility. Yeah. I just saw your message on Sleeper. Forgot that you send direct messages now. So I didn't stretch messages. Josh Love has to be included to prove a point. <laughs> So I I had seriously uh, been – I had asked myself, I'm like, I don't even know if you saw the message. I think you just got it and did it. I did it. I didn't see the message. I just went in and I just went in and I was working. I, I, just just think, I just think that you saw it, probably laughed and said, that's a throwaway piece. The other part of this trade makes sense and did it. That's exactly what I said. I was like, I don't – I was like, I, for a split second, I'm like, I sort of love involved. It's like, wait a, wait a second. There's no way he has short love on this team. So it's just totally going to be Josh, Josh Lowe. Lowe. Well, oh, and you saw what, you saw the reason, right? Did you yeah. read the actual league chat and see where I was told yeah. I couldn't trade Josh Love? Yeah. And I just said bet <laughs> and went it straight to your roster to find some, find somebody I wanted to trade for. Uh, God, it was incredible. Cause I knew you would do it with me. So cute. All right. Next scene. Next game. Where are we? I don't know. You're, right, right, right. you're in charge for this half the show. We're going. Damn yeah, it. no shit. God damn it. I am in charge. We're uh, Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Cleveland is three and a half point favorites. 
42 and a half is this game total. As we're still unsure if Baker is going to play or not. Baker or Gase for the Browns. Um, either way, this is two good defensive teams, two struggling offenses. Um, it's really just two struggling quarterbacks at this point. Mm-hmm. I don't trust the Browns. I don't trust Pittsburgh, but I also don't trust the Browns. They're not going to be with, I believe, both with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. So I think it's expected that they're both still going to be. I think Kareem Hunt still an IR. I don't think Chubb's going to be back in time. And it's going to be difficult for a, a Dearness Johnson bounce back against one of the best front uh, sevens in football. So I I think I'm just going to take the under. I don't like to mess with super low game total unders because it's 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 hard not to root for a low scoring game. But I I I don't trust either team to cover their spread. Maybe you want, if you want to get cute and bet Pittsburgh to win on the road at plus one sixty eight, but I think I'm just going to take the under at uh, under forty two and a half. Okay, let's talk fantasy because I have to. Running backs. And Deontay Johnson. Thank Harris you. Johnson. Thank, thank you for coming to my talk. That's it. We're done. Thank you for my thank you for my TED talk. Yeah, we're done. Yeah, we're done. Niners at Chicago. Niners are three and a half point favorites. Thirty nine and a half. That is the lowest game total. That's one of the lowest game totals week. I've seen all year. I think it's either – I think there was a 38-and-a-half either last week or two weeks ago, but 39-and-a-half. There may not be Matt Nagy as he has COVID. We'll see if he's going to be available to coach on Sunday. I think all Bears fans are hoping he's not. Take the Maybe over. this will be the week that Justin Fields will actually, you know, be productive. Take, uh, take the over. Take <laughs> – Take it. If Matt Nagy's not coaching, take the fucking over. I'll take the over anyway. If it take the over, well, uh, I'm if, if I'm betting this game is going to be the over. I don't want nothing to do with this game though. At least for betting, I just don't. I don't like either team from uh No, it's a crapshoot. From a betting sense, buddy lines a crapshoot, spreads a crapshoot. Just take the over. Yeah. All right, we can uh, talk for fantasy now. Sure. From a fantasy perspective, Khalil Herbert just had a great day against the Buccaneers. At this point, he's matchup proof. Go ahead and start him with confidence until David Montgomery gets back. Even when Montgomery gets back, I think he's cut himself out of roll. So, yeah. Um, absolutely start that with confidence. Allen Robinson is in timeout for me. Um, and I don't he's know. He's been in timeout, man. He's been there. Yeah. Well, I just put him back. I don't know okay. if and when he's going to get out of that. There are chemistry issues. There are. There are issues there, and while the 49ers secondary has not been great, I don't know that, you know, it doesn't matter if it's been good team, bad team, whatever, there have been issues there. So, he's in timeout. I don't care if he goes off on my bench. He's in timeout. Um, 49ers side of this, the Bears cornerbacks are trash. So, they're totally running with Debo Samuel. They're going to be without Khalil Mack. So, Jimmy Garoppolo is not a bad play. Because you just took your best pass rusher out of the equation. And Elijah Mitchell completely made your Michael Hasty not matter. So, uh, Where's the kid will get right game? He doesn't have to stand and block. What's that? 
George Kittle's on. Kittle. A, if he's back, he's on Fuck, IR. He's, is he on IR still? Yeah, is he's he on, on IR still? Yeah, week nine. Rostwelly. Sure, Rostwelly, whatever. <laughs> um, I have to block. Yeah, George Kittle's on IR, so don't start Damn him. It, so I forgot he was on IR. Still. So there you go. Say. It's Debo Samuel, Jimmy Garoppolo, the stream, um, and Khalil Herbert, and nothing else. Don't do anything else. Nothing. Rustwelly, maybe. That's it. Even if Al- even if Allen Robinson look, it's a game. It could be a get right game for Allen Robinson. I don't care at this point. He's not gonna kill me in my lineup. Blow up on my bench if you want. We'll talk about it next week. He's gonna blow up for like thirteen points. All right, let's get to a game where the game spread. I would I would never expect it to be this way if this was week one. Jacksonville versus Seattle. Seattle <laughs> is just three and a half point favorites. That's with Geno Smith. Jacksonville wins this game. The 43 and a half is the game total. You hit the nail on the head. Jacksonville money line, plus 144. Trevor Lawrence gets his first true away game. I, I think he doesn't have an away game. Yeah, he has one win. I think it was at home. He gets his first, I won't say signature win, but road win victory here. Have we all forgotten about Urban Meyer? There was a picture I saw on Twitter that someone went as Urban Meyer and a blow-up doll uh, dancing on him as his Halloween costume. And I was like, that is fucking incredible. Hey, Blackhawks lost in overtime. Oh, they, they got God. another point. They got their second point. They got they, their second point in seven games. Because they made it to overtime. Don't worry, the Wild are... are, are are also frauds. So while it's been enjoyable to see them win close games, there's absolutely no fucking way that this team is better than the record suggests. So, <sighs> Anyways, do you want to uh, uh, want to talk some fantasy? I guess. I mean, All right. it's not very sexy. but No, Jaguars defense is terrible, so you're okay with DK Metcalf. I don't want to do... Look, I love Tyler Lockett. It's hard to recommend a secondary wide receiver with Geno Smith. He's in timeout until we get Russell He's in Wilson. timeout until Russell Wilson comes back. So uh, you're absolutely going with, with Tyler Lockett there. Rashad Penny was back last week. It's a much better bat- matchup for him. I believe he did dominate the snap count. Can you check on that for me on Penny versus Carson? Yeah. I I don't know if, if well, I would be sorry to play either. Penny of them. versus Collins. Yes. Yeah. Because. Um, Carson's on IR, I think, with a neck injury still. Um, Collins, uh, two more snaps. Okay. so Versus Penny. It's split. I'm okay with either of them because it is a, a plus matchup, and I think they try to win despite Geno Smith, which is going to be through those two guys. So I think that they're okay. I mean, when you, I look at this week and say, give me running backs, I mean, I think that they could both easily be top 36. So... Sure. I'm okay with that. Um, flipping the script to the Jaguars, obviously James Robinson. Uh, we talked about Trevor Lawrence has been better. It, it is a good week to stream Trevor Lawrence against that Seahawks defense. And, I mean, Chark's out for the year. Chenault's the guy. Marvin Jones is has been solid, but I think there's an argument to start both. I mean, you could. Jones is the target leader compared to two. 
coming off of a 10 target game against Miami six against the Titans. But I mean, it's, it's it one catch on six targets against the Titans and he had seven catches on 10 for hundred yards and a touchdown against Miami. And I guess right. more secondary and it's, it depends if he's probably going to get Reed, which is Seattle's best defensive back. Yeah. He's been okay this year. Right. And you're okay with it's an up and down performance anyway. I like Chenault because he's been a little more consistent, kind of in that you know five for fifty type of range in PPR, where you're like, okay, that's not bad. It's not great, but it's not bad. So I think we're just we're also just very much more encouraged by the uh, uh, Chenault's new kind of role in this passing offense with yes. Shark put on IR. So. I like both calls at as kind of low and flex plays. Yep, and that's all anybody, and that's all they are, right? We're talking yep. about the Seahawks running backs and the Jaguars wide receivers. They are low and flex plays. You can be okay with them. This is a low and flex play game. It's a low and game. flex game. If your name isn't James Robinson or DK, DK Metcalf. Metcalf. Yep, exactly. <laughs> all right, Patriots at the Chargers. Chargers, the four and a half point favorites. A 48 and a half is the game total. I like the Chargers to bounce back after the disappointing loss against Baltimore in week six and then coming off of this bye week. Patriots is still uh, could be considered a, a, a good quality win against this Patriots team. I like the Chargers to cover four and a half. Uh, game total, I do like 40 and a half. We know that Mac Jones can push his offense uh, vertical at times and Mm-hmm. New England, it, you know, if the Chargers get up early, um, which could very well happen uh, given their firepower, you may be seeing a, a a having to throw more Mac Jones. So I like the Chargers spread, and I'll lean the over. Sure. Uh, going to fantasy on this one, it, Jacoby Myers is a solid plug-in this week, as he normally is in games where the Patriots are going to have to throw the football a decent amount. The Jets was not that. You're putting money on him scoring? Yep. Got it. You got really excited and your internet didn't keep up with it. It was, yeah, it it really hated me for a second. It did. (laughs) It did. Um, So you say scoring, that's fine. Damian Harris, by the way, last three weeks, um, he has four touchdowns over the last three weeks, 200 yard games. Uh, 58 yards rushing. You're okay with it, right? It's a great uh, matchup for him. It's one of the worst running games in football. Yeah, he's actually got receiving touchdowns too. So, Boom's going to Myers this week. I'm calling it now. Yeah, he's got receiving touchdowns as well. He's actually got. Am I reading that right? He's got. Holy crap! Four and four. That can't be right. Cannot be right. No, okay, I'm looking at it wrong. I'm looking at total touchdowns. Okay, he's got four touchdowns go. over the last three weeks. I was looking at it wrong. Yes, um, like he doesn't have eight touchdowns over that time span. But no, uh, Damian Harris, Jacoby Myers for the Patriots. Mac Jones, you mentioned it. Chargers defense is good. Don't get me wrong. Um, but the Patriots are starting to find an identity on offense. So Mac Jones is low in stream. He's a fine start in two quarterback leagues. Uh, you're completely on board with that. I agree with you. This is a get right game for the, not a get right game. It's a bounce back game for the Chargers, and they didn't play bad against Baltimore either. Just a, a disappointing loss. So you get, you know, normal blowing out. So it yeah, wasn't a good, wasn't good. Yeah, but you know, 
that's bound to happen, right? The Chargers are still a good team, so. Oh yeah, no, um, yeah. it's it you're was not, more of a it was great for the Ravens more so than it was bad for the Chargers. Yeah, you're not shying off of Herbert Eckler. Excuse me, you're not shying off of Herbert Eckler Williams. Allen has been a little disappointing this season, but there's still good floor there as well. What the god? Da. All right, Washington at Denver. Denver three point favorites. Forty-four and a half is the game total. Teddy is going to be the starting quarterback. I know there's been some rumblings if he's still not. I, I don't know. Should I've seen? Uh, I don't like really either team. I don't like to bet with either team because I don't trust either team. So right. I'm ignoring this game. Lean over. Why am I leaning over? Lean over because you're drunk. Okay. Terry McLaurin, pay attention to his health status. He's got the ankle injury. Um, hard to sit Gibson. Javante Williams is starting to take over a little bit from Melvin Gordon. Um, Cortland Sutton's been pretty dynamic. Uh, but Jerry Judy will be back this week. So, um, I don't know that I want to run Jerry Judy out there his first week back. It's, it's just because of what we see. Though, it's a good matchup. It's just the way we've seen people ease back in, right? True. So, in you know Bridgewater with the rapport he has with Sutton, um, you know you've learned to live the last couple of weeks without Jerry Judy. You can do it for one more week to make sure that he's all the way sure. back and not just not just on the field. Um, sure. You know he could have played last week, so that makes me feel good. He is all the way back, but uh, probably. Sutton Williams from the the Broncos side. It's McLaurin and Gibson from the Washington side. Um, there's not a whole lot else to like there. This is not a JD McKissick game. We've been on JD McKissick watch. This is not what I would consider a JD McKissick game. Um, so all in all, that makes it pretty boring for fantasy. There's only two guys here that I'm like, <laughs> yeah, go ahead and plug them in. You're okay with Judy. I'd put him in sure. the. I'd put Judy in the same range as the Jaguar receivers this week in kind sure. of that low end flex type of position. That's it. That's it. Bucks at the Saints. Bucks oh, are five and a half. Sorry, Ricky Seals Jones. That's it. That's it. Ricky Seals Jones has gotten volumes since Logan Thomas has been. Yeah, that's the only reason. He's been he's been fine. Yeah, it's been. Bucks at the Saints. Bucks are five and a half point favorites on the road. Forty nine and a half is the game total. Maybe this will be the game that Sean Payton lets kind of opens the playbook up a little bit more for Jameis. Jameis Winston revenge game. Jameis Winston full fledged revenge game. Probably still not gonna throw the ball a lot, but we're hoping so. He doesn't have anybody to throw take, the ball too still. Yeah, <laughs> that 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 too. But just a lot of just a lot of Camara checkdowns. Some drops from Drake Juan Smith again. Uh, Bucks cover five and a half and the over. I like it. Yeah, Bucks cover five and a half, the over. Uh, Bucks, Saints defense is good. Leonard Fournette's been on a tear. You're not falling off of that. Antonio Brown's still hurt. That makes Godwin and Evans your your starters. I don't see how you sit anybody from the Bucks right now. Just don't expect blow up because the Saints defense has been good, but the Bucks offense is otherworldly. Saints side of this, Camara. Nothing else. 
and it's a floor game. That's, yeah. More exciting game. Please. Cowboys, Vikings at Minnesota Cowboys. One and a half point favorites on the road. 55 even is the game total highest of the week. I love this. This is going to be such a fucking great game. Hoping great game. Uh, Primetime Kirk Cousins can be very inconsistent, but Vikings, I'll take... uh, I think I'll take the Cowboys. I think this team is uh, is going to prove that they're for real. They're gonna. I mean, they're our our favorite to win this game. But very this team is, I think, flowing perfectly, and I absolutely love taking the over in this game total. Yeah, I don't know anybody here that I don't like for fantasy or any way uh, reason to get cute. So let's just pay attention to what I'm watching here. What I'm watching here is a Dalton Schultz, Michael Gallup balance. We saw Dalton Schultz really take off after Gallup got hurt. Gallup, I'm assuming will be back for this game. Um, and I want to see how that balance lands. I mean, we know that Cooper and lamb aren't going to get cut into Schultz. Like I said, took off with the Gallup injury. How much does Gallup get back versus how much of that stays with, with Schultz? You know, I don't know. For the same reason and for that reason, Gallup is in the same category as Jerry Judy for me as far as I don't necessarily want to run him out there the first week back. Everybody else on the Cowboys I'm okay with, including Tony Pollard, because of the way that that he was being used and you know the Vikings' defense, while starting to mesh a little bit, is still not what I would consider fantastic. The Vikings side of things, you've got Dalvin Cook back. Um... But you already know that's Cook, Jefferson, Thielen, and, you know, it's a good game for Cousins. It's a good matchup for Cousins. So, yep. you know, I think the only big takeaway here for this game is that you're paying close attention for, you know, for how you handle it going forward to Dalton Schultz and Michael Gallup. Um, you know, I don't expect all that work to just go back to Gallup with as good as Schultz has been. Um, and for that reason, you're probably not going to immediately run back to Michael Gallup, even though the matchup says you should. Now this is uh this is gonna be a fun game. Very, very fun game. Well it might not be a fun game. It's Monday night football. Giants at the Chiefs. Chiefs. Again, double digit point favorites at home. Fifty two and a half is the game total. I don't like Chiefs I, for double digits. I'm not betting not the, the Chiefs until I'm not betting the Chiefs until they prove me otherwise that they can actually cover and win a fucking game. They oh. should win this game. They should. Giants are 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 in injury purgatory at this point. Uh, defense has been improving, and Chiefs are just all over the place. But shouldn't it be a lot to ask for Mahomes to play hero ball? They should. They should have this somewhat in hand. But I'm not betting anything from this game. I think the game total is just it's it's. It feels perfect and I just don't want to bet either direction so we'll see what happens from now until Monday night then we'll see how the spread and the game total move but for now I'm I'm waiting to see what changes here Daniel Jones is a straight in this game yeah it's that type of matchup with as bad as the Chiefs defense has been the Giants are very very much watch and see who's healthy I cannot analyze the Giants because there are so many 
of their receivers that are still not healthy that are doing side work right now that are going to be deemed questionable that doing any type of analysis for the Giants ahead of Sunday morning is just fruitless. Even Barkley, who's working with the trainers on the side, I don't expect him back. If he's not back, you can play Booker with confidence. He's been fine. But from the receiving perspective, it's a great matchup. You're going to have to pay attention to who's healthy, and then you can start option one and option two out of whoever that is, assuming you're confident in who option one and option two are. (laughs) Right? I mean, it could be Slayton and Dante Pettis, for all we know. We have no idea. So, cannot analyze that. The Chiefs, as always, are chalk. We talked about it enough. There, it you don't get cute with this one. Daryl Williams is the only guy that you've got to know that isn't normally considered in that chalk discussion because he's filling in for Edwards Alaire. That's it. That is That's it. That's it. An impossible game to do right now. The Chiefs are ch- chalk, and the Giants. You just you cannot provide any analysis there because you don't know who's healthy. Yeah, something that you're going to have to look back at when we look at on an updated injury reports throughout the week and as we get closer to uh you know to game time on Monday. So that's the show. That's the games for the week. I think that uh wrap this up. I'm at Beerfield Theory. He's at Beerfield Hop with two piece. With two piece, yes. Beerfield Hop Beerfield Podcast. We'll we see will see you guys Wednesday. On Wednesday? Not Sunday this week. Hold on. Unless I get surprised, surprised uh, text again saying that we are good to go. But, uh, which doesn't appear like it's going to happen. Yes. Wednesday. Wednesday. Wednesday next week. Wednesday next week. See you guys. See ya. Was totally not ready to hit the outro. (laughs) Actually, no, we're doing this differently. We're going to do this for the outro. Just wait. Oh my god, are you painting another sign that you found on YouTube? Nah, same song. <laughs>